0: It is a new dawn. It is a new day. It is January of the year, 20 and 23, and everything has changed, has it not?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. So far in January... By the way, we're recording this in December, so I'm just guessing. (laughs) Uh, So far in January, there was that big thing that happened on Twitter. Oh, Uh, wow, dude. Crazy. Oh, man, the... That one thing that happened politically, what were they thinking? I couldn't
0: believe it. Dude, did you catch that really dumb thing that Trump
1: did? (laughs) Or the really dumb thing that Biden did? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I did. The most recent one, yes. Yes. Those things were crazy. What a January it's been so far. (laughs) And we've just begun
0: (laughs) on the newest installment of Dead End Lovely, the podcast. That's This is our year, dude. 2023 is the year of DNL.
1: You've just broken the seal. No one was supposed to declare 2023 their year because it would ruin the year. Ah, well, fuck. Well, it was a good year while it lasted. After
0: the years we've had, it's just like, keep your head down and just don't make any noise. Don't draw any attention to yourself. Just stay the course, right?
1: Just nobody look the year in the eyes. That'll really irritate it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep the year in your periphery, right? Keep it on the side of your vision at all times. Can't be trusted this year. No. Okay, we'll play it a little bit cautious here. (laughs) And we are kicking this year off. Here by talking about one Wolof of Snowalo.
1: <laughs> Snowalo. <laughs> uh huh. That's right. <laughs> I did notice it, uh, and I I was like, if they had left off the, it would have uh it would have started with W and had a bunch of O's in it and ended in W, which is kind of like woo. Wow. So they should just called it Wolf of Snow Hollow
0: you know what <laughs> it's better let's be honest that's just better huh
1: yeah anyway we're talking about that in a little bit
0: that's right if you want to get straight onto the movie review there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description before we get there we're gonna catch up shoot the shit talk about our crimbuses uh-huh. and all that jazz so that's just uh, take off your socks and shoes relax with your boys crack open a co-beer and have a good time you drinking on a co-beer yet steve no
1: no um i i am trying to recover from holiday eating and drinking
0: and i did plenty of that myself Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be having a beer today but i yeah i did just recently have some uh boneyard brew uh fuck i forget what it's called god damn it it was a really good limited release ipa had, okay. that, had that just a couple days ago so Definitely check out Boneyard Brews if you're in the area, Pacific Northwest. Well, I'm, uh,
0: I'm currently trying to help clean out our fridge of some of the wine bottles that got opened on Christmas Eve and stuff for our big uh, family feast. So I'm drinking right. on a nice white wine right now. It just is uh, Italian. Uh-huh. And dude, I I don't know what varietal it is because there's just a bunch of Italian words on the bottle. So I'm just going <laughs> to do my best and say what it says, Okay. Okay. Cincinnato Castore Bellone. Okay. I'm that drinking that. some
1: good Italian. Fuck Thank yeah. you. I'm you can really hear the music. In it, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is really good, though, so I'm enjoying it. Oh, that. good.
1: Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I I just had a a good Italian wine recently, too, that I I was using for cooking. Fuck, don't remember the name of it, either.
0: Must have been Woodbridge.
1: Was it Prophecy? Mm. Is that Italian? Fuck, I don't remember. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be dealing with with uh, post-holiday haze, Steve, today.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, dude. Like, I don't know what is the matter with me. That every year, especially around that week of Christmas,
1: uh huh. Yeah,
0: I I somehow forget that like Uh every year around this time, I become a huge stressed out piece of shit because I don't have time to play guitar or exercise or like work. Like, Uh I never do, it's consistent. Like, even just to prove how much of a dumb asshole I am, I went back through and listened to the intros of our, like, Christmas week episodes from the past, like, two years. Uh-huh. Both years, this dumbass sounds so surprised to be like, man, I haven't had time to even pick up a guitar this week. I've not been to the gym since October. <laughs> it's like, you fucking dumbass. Like, I swear, dude, whenever we, whenever we like, box up our tree and stuff and take all of our Christmas decorations down, I'm going to write a note to 2023 Ben. Right. I'm going to write it a there. letter. Right. Yes. Being like, hey, this is going to happen because this always happens, and you always fucking forget. Like, I swear, I always have these dreams where you know I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take December off from teaching, and I'm just gonna coast through the holiday, and I'm gonna bake sugar cookies and look at the twinkling lights on the tree. And it's like, no, you fucking won't, you fucking <laughs> won't. Christmas is so goddamn fucking busy it is. that won't happen. And yeah. I, I somehow manage to forget this every year. So yeah, this year. I'm going to make a note to myself. Hell, honestly, I should probably put it in our Halloween decorations. That way, come October, I bring right, that stuff out. Right, like, prepare oh,
1: yourself. That's a good yeah. idea. Like, Because so it know. starts in October. Yeah.
0: Like Seriously, like our October is usually so busy with all the Halloween stuff, and then November is like recovery from that slash preparation for Christmas. It, it's super, super hectic. I think I'm just going to put all that stuff with the Halloween goods. That way, yeah. I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's Ben's an asshole season. It's Ben is yeah. a crazy, stressed, overworked person season. Yeah, get ready for that. It happens every time. I'm such a fucking idiot, dude.
1: Also, it's it's really possible that the note will um, help you to know to wear a bulletproof vest when you rip off the Libyans to make your uh, time-traveling car.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. That yeah. is important to note that. Otherwise, I may forget and get gunned down, <laughs> huh? It's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea.
1: Oh, my God. Dude, I... I have a very long story to tell you about what has happened to me this week. Okay, and let's I put am...
0: it in a positive spin. What has happened for you, Steve? What has oh. happened for you this week? <laughs> Not what you had to do. It's what you got to do, Steve. It's positive, Steve.
1: Yeah. Oh, this, this is how the Lord blessed me this week. <laughs> Praise <I'm> him. <laughs> so... uh i I had to write down like because this is if this happened in a movie you'd be like this is too much like okay all right it's one of these yeah it's too much there's no way this is real so um here in portland on um the night of december 22nd into december 23rd we had a an ice storm a lot of Mm a lot of snow sleet uh all of it just sticking like three to six inches in places like a lot of shit mm,
0: um, that's like four dicks worth of snow right so that's yeah yeah <laughs> three to six inches that's like four penis lengths
1: <laughs> yeah if it's warm out yeah sure yeah yeah and um, if they're hard obviously <laughs> <laughs> stacked
0: end to end not vertically Duh. right
1: yeah <laughs> So, um, so Emily, um, she, she works at a, a place where there's, there's some hills and whatnot. So she knew that this was coming and she had to work on December 23rd or December 22nd. And she was like, Hey, uh, can you drop me off at, uh, the air tram? So there, there's an air tram that goes up to the hospital to avoid those, those hills. um, and I was like, sure. I took her to the air tram and I, I was, you know, going to come pick her up the next morning. Next morning, when I go to pick her up, it's just the roads are just covered in snow. Absolutely yeah. covered. 100% coverage. Um, it's about probably about three inches mostly, two to three inches mostly, but there are certainly banks that are much more. Um, so I drive the, I don't know. It's, it's normally about a 20-minute drive. Um, took me about 40. Uh, and then I picked her up. And the only ways to get out of where the, the tram leaves were hills. So Ooh. the first hill we tried to take didn't even get a quarter of the way up. And it was like, nope, not happening.
0: Oh, just sliding backwards or what? Yep. Uh huh.
1: Next hill fuck. we tried to take didn't even get a hundred feet up, uh, and so we're like, "Fuck!" And I had been—I was trying to avoid the interstate because I'm assuming the interstate is is going to be fucking terrible. Uh, and finally, it was like, "Well, that's the only option." It looks like so we go to take the on ramp. The on ramp is inclined, but we're we're getting up it. But there are like six semi trucks stopped because they can't get up it
0: oh shit
1: yeah so we're having to like go into you know like the 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 shoulders to get around them and stuff and uh we do get home finally that night emily's supposed to fly out of portland to go see family in knoxville for christmas Mm -hmm. of course this gets canceled because of what i was just saying uh, so, she is searching for another flight, and there are no flights out of Portland within the next two days, but there are flights out of Seattle, which is about two and a half hours away from Portland. Okay, um, so if
0: you can get there, you can get to Knoxville.
1: Right, yeah. And she can she can fly back into Portland, so it's not like, you know, we're taking two huge trips to Seattle, because, you know, two and a half hours is not a ton, but it's also not nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> We, we start this trip. Um, the, you know, the roads are way better by this point in, in Portland, uh, though there's still you know a ton of potential for ice. Um, we start going and there's no real problems or whatever and we, we stop for a, a bite to eat along the way. And as we stop for a bite to eat, the low tire pressure uh, warning thing comes up on the dash, and I'm like, "That's great ti- timing for that." Yeah, I'm like, "Low tire pressure." Uh, well, it is cold, you know. Maybe you know that happens when it goes yeah, it from does. kind of warm to cold, uh, and it had been in the 40s, so maybe maybe that was what it was because it got really really cold. So, pull in to uh, a gas station after we get our food, and I, I check, and the right driver's side tire or our uh, rear driver's side tire is at like 20 psi and the others are all at 32 oh and i'm like, okay. oh damn fuck. yeah that's not so, just cold yeah and i'm like okay i'm gonna fill this up but i think it's probably gonna keep lowering and we're gonna have to definitely get it fixed but of course this is this is december 24th this is yeah. December 24th <laughs> at like 7 o'clock at night. So everything is closing. Did you closing. have a, a spare in there? And we I did. We did have a spare, but I'm thinking, okay, maybe, and and the likely issue being, we've picked up a nail or a screw, probably driving in a shoulder to pass a truck.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's a screw, we'll be fine. I mean, it'll, it'll lower slowly, but, you know, the car will let me know when that happens. So we're driving for for quite a while. We're about 20 miles outside of out of uh, SeaTac airport. And I have to stop because I have to pee. Just have to stop. So I pull off and we stop and <laughs> a running theme of this night being uh all all around Seattle. I could not find anywhere to piss. So, like we stopped at like a uh, a gas station. And I got gas, just like, well, might as well fill up for the trip back. And then I went in, and I was like, hey, can I use your, your bathroom? And they're like, we don't have a bathroom. You got to go next door. So I get in the car and start it, and immediately the low-pressure light comes on and tells me it's at 20 PSI again. Ooh. And I'm like, fuck. We're 20 miles from the airport. We're dropping Emily off. So Anna and I have to drive back. Anna, Salem, and I have an entire drive back. I am like, okay, I'm putting the spare tire on, but a spare, you can only drive 50 miles per hour. Right, yeah. And I knew I knew they had a limited range, but I did not want to look it up because I have driven on spare tires for way longer than their their range. Same, totally. Okay, so... <laughs> I put this, I, I quickly change to the spare. We get in, we take Emily to SeaTac, to and then I just leave the airport, pull over to a gas station, and think, like, what are we going to do? Because we can't take the interstate. It's 70 miles per hour, the whole way. Driving yeah, 50, yeah, 70 miles over. per hour in rain on a Christmas Eve, you're going to get pulled over or you're going to get fucking slammed into by a drunk driver. <laughs> like, something bad is definitely going to happen so i i go onto the google maps and and s- click the hi- uh, avoid highways option and it shows me a route that turns our two and a half hour drive into a four and a half hour drive oh fuck dude but it's our only option because the other option would be staying in seattle to get the tire fixed but guess what the next day is yeah fucking christmas, christmas. is not happening yeah, so we're gonna have to stay two days to get the tire fixed. Have to spend several hundred dollars to get the tire fixed, and it's yeah, like,
0: and you're gone for Christmas. I think I would take the long drive home. Sure, yeah,
1: exactly. So we're like, yes, we're gonna take the long drive home. We'll take it slow. I mean, luckily it wasn't that late, and I'm very used to being up late, so it's not it's not really a problem. Oh, buddy, let me tell you, <laughs> this drive <laughs> it
0: went according to plan. <laughs>
1: Honestly, in the end, we got home. So it did go according to that plan, but it was interesting as, okay, we're driving on a spare, avoiding the highways. Most of the way, speed limits below uh, is 45 or below. So it's not a problem. But then we'll get on these long stretches where it's 55 and people are just behind me like why won't this asshole go and it's like i'm telling like trying to tell them like fucking pass me just just pass me and by the way anybody out there just pass that person what the fuck are you doing <laughs> anyway right yeah um so i keep getting people like right up on my ass and they're like you know just like clearly frustrated with me and it's like you can pass you do see this right there's like a dotted line there just fucking pass So we did have to deal with that frustration, but what we really had to deal with was fog. Fog most Mm. of the way. Fog throughout these backwoods-ass Washington streets. Just fog the whole way, even to a point where at one point we were on this road that was just straight and black and fog like there was n- you couldn't see a damn thing
0: was it almost like being in the n64 port of cruising usa was it similar to that <laughs>
1: it was kind of like being in the n64 port of cruising usa yeah i thought so that's a strong yeah.
0: visual i know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about now and that is tough to navigate
1: <laughs> so uh and of course it's feeling like an x-files episode like this is clearly the beginning of an x-files episode well like sasquatch is going to walk out in front of our car and I don't know. Get mad because we run into him or something. I don't know, but we're driving through this fog. We finally get to the point where we're going over this bridge uh, to cross the river from Washington into Oregon, and because of the fog and the lack of like like focal points, like it felt like we were going up. It felt like we were going like ascending into some weird fog world <laughs> it was the strangest feeling I've, I've had driving in a very long time but we we get finally into oregon and the thing is the temperature in in portland was supposed to be mid 40s by the time we got back we get over the bridge and as we had been approaching oregon i'm like huh the temperature is getting lower maybe it's because we're getting closer to the river Maybe once we get away from the river, it won't be that bad. No, it gets to completely freezing, and these roads are absolutely wet, and we're driving on a spare tire. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal, dude. Ideal happy situation. Holidays. Absolutely. Happy holidays. So we then drive the entire time after that 35 miles an hour. Holy
2: so it, shit. It dude.
1: turns a four and a half hour drive into a six hour drive. Fuck. <laughs> Which
0: should have been a a two-and-a-half-hour drive. (laughs)
1: Which should have been a a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Uh, And then, I am not fucking joking you. This just seems like too much. This just seems like, how could this possibly happen after all this other stuff? We get to, like, we're in Portland. We're, you know, maybe eight miles from our place. And we get stopped by this train that I swear was going five miles per hour. And you know how trains can be, like, over a mile long? This one was the longest ever. (laughs) (laughs) It was a grower, not a shower. Got it. Absolutely. We were 100%, like, just sitting at this train stop forever. And it's so, like, just the cherry on top of the fuck Sunday, where it's just like... can anything more happen yes it can as we then get closer and closer to our place the freezing temperatures and the wet road have finally really made it dangerous so uh for the first time like not even a mile away from our house for the first time in that entire journey I feel some real squirreliness like I'd felt some little slips along the way but this was just squirrely as fuck and I'm just thinking like there is no fucking way we're gonna crash the car a mile away from the house after all this so I'm going like fucking 10 miles per hour I am barely moving to get us home (laughs) we finally get home and I have needed to piss for two hours oh god dude (laughs) It fucking sucked so bad. It would have been really rad if, like,
0: the end of that story is you pull into the driveway and piss your pants. Like, that would have been cool.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. I did forget that while changing the tire, my pants ripped at the crotch. Not at the, like, lower part of the crotch. Like, right in dick range. <laughs> Dude, what? It's insane. And I stopped. Oh, my God. We stopped. For, I was trying to find a bathroom before we left, and I did eventually. One of the places we stopped, I saw a guy get a, a, a soda from the soda fountain, and he like took a sip of it as he was walking up to the, the counter. And the guy behind the counter was so fucking mad about that, and he was insisting he had to charge him twice because he took a sip. And I'm standing there needing to pee so bad and all this shit is happening. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. I just need to pee. And then eventually I like the guy like uh, stopped yelling at this guy because another person who worked there started yelling at him. And I was like, can I use your bathroom? And the guy was like, yeah, it's back there. And I went back there to like open it and it wouldn't open. And I was like, like it said, it was vacant, but it just wouldn't open and I look back and this, now these two guys are both yelling at this guy and the guy had a dog and the dog is barking and I'm like, I am fucking <laughs> leaving this place. I don't You care. should have just pissed all over them. Just power pissed <laughs> the man.
0: Hosed him down. Be like, I was serious guys.
1: <laughs> it was the craziest fucking experience because it was like, I don't know what value this has for these workers but it certainly hurts business When people walk in and they see a customer being yelled at and a dog barking and it's just fucking chaos. I just feel like maybe that's going to hurt business Uh, and maybe a sip of a fountain drink is a a thing that you can fucking overlook.
0: I mean, I think that just gives it a nice homey feel. I don't know.
1: (laughs) It's like family. (laughs) A customer comes in and just starts yelling with them. I fucking hate you, you (laughs) son of a bitch.
0: (laughs) Dude, that is quite the fucking hero's journey you've had here.
1: uh Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it then meant I, I i think we arrived home at almost four o'clock in the morning.
0: Holy fuck, dude! Yeah.
1: So it then meant that you know Christmas started a, a good bit later <laughs> the next day. Well,
0: yeah, but was yeah. Christmas itself a little bit more chill than on uh, oh, Christmas it was Eve? I hope?
1: absolutely chill. We didn't do anything but just like eat, drink, and watch some movies. It was fun. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds pretty yeah, all right to absolutely me. Absolutely fun, uh, and yeah, I, I yeah, I had a blast. Actually, honestly, the drive itself, as anxiety ridden as it was, and as like ugh, seemingly endless as it was, was chill and kind of fun because uh, Anna and I were both just laughing the entire way about how many things kept happening. Like, how in the world can this many things fucking happen? And it, it, it almost it felt like planes, trains, and automobiles, for sure. Um, I, I really did expect at some point we were going to spin or something. Like, we were going to have, like, some sort of dramatic ice situation. Luckily, we didn't. Uh, yeah, it was something it was something
0: damn a christmas to
1: remember (laughs) it's true that's that's exactly it is like well this is unforgettable at the very least (laughs) (laughs) well that's good man i'm glad you made it through that in one piece damn yeah me too me too it was it was uh a, a harrowing experience but also yeah memorable and because we got home safely and everything's fine it's just like eh whatever you know <laughs> interesting christmas eve
0: making memories huh
1: yeah for sure so what you, what have you been up to
0: dude i by comparison had a pretty relaxing christmas i suppose <laughs> um <laughs> good i mean like i said it, it's been terribly hectic and i've just been i've just been a grumpy stressed out piece of shit dude like i i, I have to i have to learn how to make a schedule for myself. I think this is, like, my big, biggest resolution for, you know, 2023 is just, like, dude, make a schedule and stick to it because when I don't get to, like work on music and play yeah. guitar i am in, i am insufferable like it is bad for me yeah. it is bad for everyone if i don't get to do that and uh i have to learn how to do that so i've, I've definitely been a, a grumpy bastard a little bit for the past week or so um uh, which just, i just appreciate my wife dealing with that shit
1: right oh that sucks yeah i, uh, I understand though um uh, I, I, I now offer a gold doubloon to the person who sends me clips of Ben in the past, probably January episodes, saying he's saying gonna start thing. scheduling this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For fucking real. <laughs> For fucking real, man. I doubt you'll have to dig too hard no. to find that shit.
1: <laughs> I know I know last year he said it. And I was like, Fuck this yeah, yes, you need to, you need that, buddy.
0: <laughs> That's the thing is like ultimately at the end of the day, I feel like in twenty twenty two I have done better overall at learning how to say no to stuff. Like I have yeah, taken on have. way less superfluous gigs. Uh-huh. I have condensed down my teaching schedule to one day and have also quit taking on new lessons entirely. That's awesome. Um, I've said no to a bunch of stuff, and I'm still just sitting here going like, "When do I get to fucking play guitar?" You know, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've been I've been doing a lot of working guitar and not a lot of playing guitar. Right. So yeah, I've I've been just a grumpy bastard here lately, which which sucks. But I mean, overall, Christmas itself was was pretty easy going, man. Um, I made a deliberate choice to not spend it with family that is stressing me out. That's yeah. a huge plus. That is- I will. Advise anybody yes. listening that has the option of just like, hmm, I could go spend the holidays with people that stress me out, or just not. I'm yep. gonna tell you what, just don't, don't, just don't yep. do it.
1: Cut, cut toxic people out of your life. I know it's like, you know, uh, you may be financially connected to people and certain things like that. I get that you have to sure. live with family or whatever. It's I always I get that, but when, when you can. You don't have to do that to yourself. Yeah. You do not. Yeah.
0: For real, man. It did get just brutally, just unfairly cold in Tennessee. Did you see any of the Mm -hmm. the reports? Yeah. Because like Uh before Christmas Eve, like the day of like Festivus and the day before that, dude, it was like negative five with wind chill. Yeah. Like it was Brutal. I don't remember mm-hmm. the last time that it was that fucking cold here. I don't it either. I
1: I remember nuts. looking at the weather because it was it was freezing here, and I was like, I wonder what it's like in Knoxville. And I looked at it, and I saw single digits, and I was like, I yeah. don't remember single digits for for like a long time.
0: No, yeah. dude, like Lindsay and Thomas, they went to like New York City with their family, and it uh-huh. was like way warmer in New York City <laughs> than it was in fucking Knoxville. That's crazy. It was nuts, man. So, yeah, it was brutal cold going up to it. But you know what? Unlike last year, I didn't have food poisoning. That's awesome. great.
1: <laughs> that does help.
0: <laughs> Huge step forward. I could actually, um, you know, not be nauseous and enjoy food and drink in good times. Yeah. Um, so I, I had myself a simply wonderful Christmas time. Good chill time with family and stuff. Just chilling, hanging out uh drinking lots of good whiskeys i got all kinds i got all kinds of good bisy this year oh yeah um oh dude K okay, got me uh elijah Craig single barrel oh it's like 18 year old single barrel like that shit is hard to find man yeah um, my father-in-law got me a, a russell's reserve single barrel okay. rye that oh my god uh-huh. dude. it's one of the, like the the spiciest ryes i think i've ever had yeah real good shit man real good shit so yeah, had a good holiday overall. And now just kind of getting back in the swing of things, man. We had a beautiful boxing day the day after Christmas there, uh-huh. uh, which was yesterday as we record this. And that's always like, that's always my favorite day of the Christmas holiday when it's just like, man, just be home, be alone, maybe play with a new gift, watch a Christmas movie.
1: It's so fun. Just fucking yeah.
0: relax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had a really chill day yesterday just doing that. And there was beautiful snow in Knoxville, too. Beautiful. So it was just like, picture perfect christmas shit it was really nice
1: yeah i, I uh, just recently found out that there are distillery whiskey uh, makers up here in in portland so i'm gonna be oh, yeah? trying out some portland whiskeys here so I'll, I'll report back let you know hmm. what you need to try
0: see if them yankees know anything about making good them, busy
1: yeah i i definitely like i i because I've been trying tons and tons of beers and just very impressed by breweries around here. So I don't think uh, the whiskey will be bad. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. it's going to be good stuff. They know
0: their vices up there in Yankee land,
1: huh? Absolutely. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh-huh. So while
0: we were just chilling out and relaxing yesterday, we watched ourselves a, uh, a couple of movies. Some of them we'd seen before. We watched like uh, Let It Snow on Netflix again, which uh-huh. is fun. We watched uh, Krampus, yeah, which is always fucking awesome. Also,
1: man. we also watched Krampus. Uh so fucking good. It's oh, so yeah. dark. I just love like the the weird tone of like how goofy the the toy things are but then like how dark everything is. And then like how the toys, you know, have their own like that that like Jack in the Box thing. It's got that fucked up mouth and shit. Like yeah, th- it's cool. that's all, yeah. Love it.
0: Yeah, that's a neat one. We also watched one that uh, somebody recently on our, our Facebook group was giving us uh, their own hot take about. They said that, unlike what we said on the last episode, that Lethal Weapon was indeed a Crimbus movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, I'm always open to a movie being a Christmas movie. You tell me fucking Empire Records is a Christmas movie? Okay. That's a Rex Manning Day movie for sure. That's true, yeah. If uh, Listen... We all know Empire Records as a Rex Manning Day movie, for sure. Yeah, obviously.
0: <laughs> so we watched Lethal Weapon. Okay, for one, I will say this. Okay. It's a fucking fantastic movie. Yes, God it is. damn, dude. Yeah, That's like is. Shane Black in like his Fight and Wait, writing yeah. a great-ass 80s action movie. And uh-huh. dude, I know that it's so hard to separate art from the artist. I mean, when we think about Mel Gibson now, right. it's just like crazy anti-Semite guy. Yeah, but, man, he was real fucking good in the movies back in the day, dude. He was yeah. real fucking good in the movies. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah Absolutely. He's a, he's a good actor. Um, and, then, yeah, Danny Glover's fucking awesome Awesome. In it. Yeah. It's great.
0: So, there is a lot of Christmas in it. There's, there's there is? trees okay. it's and a garland movie, and Christmas music. Yeah. All kinds of stuff in there. So, you could kind of give it the Die Hard thing. Like, right? yeah, it's an action movie. It's set at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Right. Lethal Weapon, unlike Die Hard... Uh huh. Man, it gets really dark. It gets really dark. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about how fucking it does. dark some of it gets. I mean, Die Hard gets brutal and stuff, but man, like that scene in uh, that scene in Lethal Weapon where it's like Danny Glover like threatening, or rather uh, like daring Mel Gibson to like shoot himself, and he like puts the gun in his right. mouth and shit, like. Yeah holy shit it might get too dark to be a christmas movie <laughs> it's it wicked intense Wait, but krampus
1: man. is definitely a christmas movie and it's dark as fuck
0: it is but i, I think mean there's a, just baby a certain gets layer killed of, yeah that's true that's true <laughs> there's a certain layer of like reality involved with lethal weapon i think that's true, that just yeah. like this that is does make real. it darker
1: yeah because yeah the entire time you're watching krampus you're not like oh this might happen to me and my family <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, yeah. I hope I don't get Krampus this year. Yeah. But yeah, Lethal Weapon goes hard, but man, it's it's so good, man. And yeah, we watched Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. We also watched Muppet Christmas Carol, the best adaptation the best. of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol.
0: I totally agree, man. I yep. totally agree. Now, I had a weird realization about it this year that I don't think I'd really come to before where, okay, we've got the Muppets. They're playing parts in Charles Dickens' classic, right. A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. But there's parts in the here where they kind of, I guess it's sort of breaking the fourth wall in a way where they show that they are a Muppet who has a certain set of character traits and they're playing a part, but they're kind of messing it up. Like that part right. where um, Sam, the the, the American the Eagle. Eagle guy, uh-huh. yeah. right? uh uh-huh. He's talking to young Scrooge and it's like, it's the American way. Right. I mean, the British way. It's like, that's Sam the Eagle saying what he would usually say, messing up the line, correcting himself, Mm -hmm. and they kept it in the movie. So they're drawing to attention that the Muppets
1: are actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no. We've all accepted the Muppets as actors for a long time. Like you want Kermit to be in a movie. You want, yeah. like, you, 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 Gonzo is a chicken fucker. He's a real person who fucks chickens. Sure. Right. Like, yes, that has long been established in, 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 I think the cultural zeitgeist that yeah, we all accept the Muppets are actors who get roles in movies and they all happen to get like hired for the same movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it gets really fucked up the more you think about it, but I've just always accepted it and went with it. But for some reason there's something in my head this time that was like, Wait, he just messed up one of his lines. Right. And they kept it in the movie. Like this is fucking weird, man.
1: (laughs) It's super meta, yeah.
0: (laughs) It is the best though. You're right. It is the best adaptation for sure. Probably the best Christmas movie. The
1: creepiest ghost of Christmas past of all of them
0: yes fuck and yeah dude. that is
1: the creepiest muppet ever created
0: I uh think. yeah <laughs> i tend to agree yeah that's the thing about it too is it has the appropriate level of creepiness yeah and man it'll tug at them heartstrings a little bit at you too
1: it'll get bad absolutely to i definitely shed several tears man fucking my cocaine is going crazy in that he didn't give a fuck that it was a muppet movie he was like he was going
0: hard yeah going
1: hard as fuck yep
0: the best. The best fucking Christmas movie. It really yeah, is.
1: It is. I agree.
0: And I think that's about all of our, our Christmas watching that we've gotten to do, man. What about you?
1: Okay. So, uh, as well as watching Krampus and A Muppet Christmas Carol, we watch so many fucking movies. Uh, we watched Black Christmas, 1974, classic. Still classic. one of the best. The best, uh, I think, Christmas horror movie, but one of the best slashers ever made. Uh, Yeah, I agree new stuff kind of came out to me where it's like I'm positive that there are two killers and one of them is Paul at one Hmm. point when he like like he is mysteriously upstairs and comes downstairs. It's not consistent, but in one of the shots, you can see a cobweb on his shoulder, so he clearly was up in that cellar where there are dead bodies
0: yeah where's the bodies and shit up there? Yeah, like, dude yeah. uh-huh i gotta watch this again that's fucking crazy
1: yeah it is um huh so yeah black christmas fucking amazing margot kidder's so good olivia hussey so good like it, it's just an awesome movie um it is. Uh, but speaking of of other christmas movies that are very enjoyable violent night i watched Oh, dude you yeah. watched it yeah it's good fun it's good right it's fun man i enjoyed it a lot yeah uh i i really didn't know what it was gonna be going in but like david harbour so yeah i i I don't want i mean it just came out so i don't want to ruin it for anybody but it's got that like you talked about it like home alone die hard type of feel to it um and then yeah you got like santa getting violent i won't i won't say why specifically but uh definitely worth watching and uh, it just hit like rental and stuff so go check it out I just
0: want to ask you if it blew your mind as much as it did mine and and no spoilers or anything here but there's a thing that happens towards the end of the movie that is a possibility of how Santa warps up chimneys. That is something I had never yes. considered before. Did that not blow your mind? It was
1: fucking cool as hell. Oh, that my God. was the coolest God. kill in the entire movie, for sure.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. I look forward to watching that one again next year, for sure. It's really good.
1: And speaking of movies that I liked the premise of and definitely wanted to see, uh, but uh, we watched this last week. I just forgot to mention it. Christmas Bloody Christmas on Shudder. Oh,
0: okay. I don't about know uh,
1: evil robot Santa, which is a oh. fucking cool-ass premise. Okay. So, um, it, it has good kills, good gore, um, has an aciding eating scene. I always like that. Um, <laughs> and also... As the any premise, good Christmas
0: movie does.
1: Yeah, the premise as I said is really fucking cool and some really good like Christmas tree lighting like throughout it's just got this like you know Christmas light lighting feel to it. Uh I like that. Uh the script however and the characters within it. Um imagine if if somebody wrote some Rob Zombie fan fiction and made the characters even less likable. Oh great! It yeah. sounds like
0: that's what a Rob Zombie movie has always needed.
1: Imagine if if people said "fuck" to the extent that it started to sound unnatural and wrong. That is an impressive feat. <laughs> it this is. sounds horrible, dude. Imagine and and listen to this, Ben. Imagine if you will a protagonist to a film who says that Soundgarden's Super Unknown is a bad album.
0: Okay, then this is just full of shit. There's no truth in this exactly. fucking art. I'm Dude, out. What? I'm the fuck out. That's the
1: dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, she she seems to intentionally have the worst opinions, and I hate that as a character trait. <laughs> like, it's sure. the yeah. worst. So, I, I would say, though, that, like, I know people are enjoying it. Like, a, a lot of people are enjoying it. So i'm not gonna uh, try to sway anybody from watching it definitely watch it because i think there's like you know there's definitely value to it and i think the director clearly knows how to shoot a a really uh visually stunning nice movie um but it i couldn't get into any of the characters at all and they irritated me so much and it was one of those things where it was like, oh, okay, they're introducing all these characters to kill them. And it'll be like, fuck, yeah, this movie's awesome. Like, the people we hated died, and now we'll see our actual protagonist, right? Nope. nope. Those are just the main <laughs> these, characters. These are the people you're stuck with the whole fucking time. That sounds like a hard pass for me, Yeah, dude. That that's, sounds awful. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about it. Um also watched uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, which you mentioned last week, uh, which That's is just fun time. Yeah, It, it definitely, like, I, I feel like they were doing, I mean, because you have a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, it's very clearly going to be some aping of the Star Wars Christmas special, sure. and it does do that. You know, you got some animation parts, you got, like, musical performances and stuff. Loved it though. It, it's doing it in a very funny way to poke fun at that. I think, and then also, yeah, just some fun bits of story. And there, there is that. There is like a reveal in it that I think is, is you know, integral, I guess, to probably Guardians of the Galaxy three. So even though it is just fun times and whatnot, it also uh, does have a bit of story to it. So I, I recommend it if you're you're into the MCU movies. Um, also, uh on peacock there's a there's an anthology a horror anthology that's called Simber, and it's set up kind of like a, um, a great title yeah Death is cool it's set up like a um fuck what do you call those oh, jesus the things where you open the little thing and you get a treat each day fuck oh uh advent calendar advent calendar yes <laughs> fuck why was that so hard it's set up like kind of like an advent calendar so like you know you're getting day one day two all the way up um and of course like every horror anthology has some good in, some good ones in there. I I think definitely s- some value in there. The interesting thing is though, I like I was very confused by this. There there is a halfway through the credits, they show another part of the anthology. <laughs> what you're, like, you're halfway through the credits like mid-credit scene is an entire anthology story and it's like interesting <laughs> And it's just like wait what, who would have gotten to this point most people don't watch through the credits so it's, it seems almost like a, a fuck you to that filmmaker or something That's i I, I don't understand why you would do this so weird Huh. Anyway, so, uh, but, but December it's, uh, they, you know, you got like 20 something shorts, so it's, it's a lot to go through, but they're all kind of short and there's definitely some someone's in there that'll stick with you. Uh, also on Friday night on the, the screaming chat, we had uh, a little Jack Frost viewing, which we've actually watched Jack <laughs> Frost on the screaming chat before. Um, and I had forgotten it entirely. As soon as it started, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck is this again?"
0: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. This is like the Michael Keaton one,
1: right? No, 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 no. The oh, Michael this is a Keaton horror movie one. by the same title. Yes, horror movie by okay. the same title that came out around the same time. Um, it is. I mean, it's got effects by Screaming Mad George, so it's got that going for it. And the effect, I do, I do like uh, a lot of the stuff they do. Um, boy, though does the the does the snowman totally not look like a snowman that would pass as a snowman like oh. like humans keep seeing it like it's a snowman but it's just like if you saw that you'd be like, what the fuck is that And <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly not a snowman uh, but yeah Jack Frost is stupid and fun uh, not not a great film but you know stupid fun uh, and then on uh, on Sunday night on Christmas night even. We had a special ice cream Sunday where we watched all the creatures were stirring on uh, Shutter, which is uh, another. I don't anthology. know that one either. Uh, huh. It's got it's got your your homegirl Jocelyn Donahue in it.
2: Ooh, mm-hmm.
1: great! In a, in a good segment. Um, he's got he's got uh, a few good segments, uh, a few not great segments, but overall, definitely worth uh, a watch. And hmm, okay, you know, uh, I I always like more Christmas horror, so glad that. Those anthologies exist. But there is one movie that we have to talk about that we watched just last night. Got a little Benoit Blanc in it. Talking about Glass Onion. Okay, so this is like the
0: Knives Out sequel, right? Uh Mm Uh-huh. I've been wanting to hear about this because I was tempted to watch it yesterday. I will... um, i'll go on record as saying i thought knives out was really overrated like i thought that it was fine like i liked it i liked knives out but Uh like i had people tell me it was like their favorite movie of the year and shit and i'm like it wasn't that good let's be honest so i still wanted to watch it though like i wanted to watch this glass onion and see how it was
1: um glass onion is definitely my favorite uh mystery film of the year no shit, really. Yeah, I can't think of any others that I watched, but
2: <laughs> <if it's, laughs> I, w- I would
1: definitely rank them below Glass Onion. Uh, Glass Onion's so fucking good, but I, oh, good. I liked uh, Knives Out a lot. But Glass Onion is better, I think, even. Oh, great.
0: Um, that makes me excited, then. Great.
1: Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to reveal much, but the, the central characters will very much... Uh, they're thinly veiled um, representations of some people you'll recognize pretty easily. Uh, specific- really, specifically, old uh, dick face Elon Musk.
0: No kidding.
1: Yeah, it is. It it goes pretty hard, and I love it. Like I love that Ryan Johnson was able to make this very fun mystery type of thing. Also. Uh, political and uh, and like really take to task some assholes that we all have to deal with constantly. Hmm. So it's nice. It's Damn. nice to see. Well, I'm intrigued now. It sounds like I need to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I, I should
0: I watch Knives Out again before I watch it? Is there a lot of carryover? No. Under? No.
1: No. No. It's uh, this uh, the beautiful thing about uh, this movie is yeah that you could just hop into it. Like, you okay. wouldn't have to have seen Knives Out. Uh, and it makes me want way more Benoit Blanc. Because, like, I think Daniel Craig, like, he he is killing this character. He is, like, I mean, I know some people criticize his southern accent, which is stupid. It's a great southern His southern, southern accent.
0: accent's great. That's, like, yeah. literally what I was about to say. I was, I was like, dude, his accent is fucking on point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen him do it, uh, do a different Southern accent before in that uh, robbery movie. Fuck, with like Adam Driver, Lucky or something. Uh,
0: Logan Lucky, it's really good. That was it. He's amazing in that,
1: and he's amazing in it. His accent is different, and it's also really good Southern accent. Uh, Also, you got um, got another Southern. I I won't because I don't want to reveal anything. Got another Southern accent in there that is fucking killing it um but yeah I, I think they could make a hundred of those uh Benoit Blanc mysteries if Ryan Johnson wants to keep making them I'll watch them because it's interesting Shit, yeah yeah um he's he's a fun character and like each time i mean because there is all obviously some political commentary and knives out as well this one uh I think is sharper than than that one but i yeah I definitely watch more of these so check it out
0: all right, then. I'll definitely do that, man. That is on its list of uh, on the list of movies that I didn't get to watch in 2022. There was a lot of stuff that came out this year yeah. that I just did not get around to watching that I know I need to. But I did catch quite a lot of good stuff in the year 20 and 20-dose, 20 yeah, man. This was a killer year for horror. Just a great year for movies in general, which I think yeah. is what we all needed, especially after the past... You know, two years of not not really going to theaters, and a lot of, a lot of uh, production companies were like stalling releases because yeah. they wanted to wait till people were ready to go to theaters and stuff again. Uh, so we actually got a great big year of some fucking great flicks, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about here in the Purview Pablos. Welcome to the Purview Pablos. <laughs> we're going to be giving you guys a little 2022 wrap-up. Of our best, our worst, our favorites, all the good stuff that we checked right. out. That's
1: right. Ricka, 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 wrap up.
0: We're going to wrap <laughs> the whole damn thing. No? But, you know, I got to confess, like, going <laughs> into it, there's a lot of stuff that is on, you know, so many top ten lists of the year that I didn't get around to watching. I didn't watch, I didn't watch Speak No Evil.
1: All right, yeah, uh, yeah, I hear that one. I've, I've heard a lot about that one, yeah. Yeah,
0: it came out like right around the time that we lost Zora, and I heard that it was like a real soul crushing movie. So I Ooh, was like, "This yeah. is not, not the, time the time for me to watch yeah. this movie."
1: Not the time, so I didn't no.
0: watch that. And I heard that it was really powerful. I heard that Hellbender was like amazing, and I don't know anything about that movie.
1: Okay, I have seen Hellbender, but it was only a part. Uh, it was part of the uh, uh, Joe Bob Night uh, where uh, our screaming chat if if there's a a last drive-in episode becomes watched the last drive-in episode together um it was the second movie uh and i was drunk (laughs) and i barely remember i remember the interview sections though i remember in the interview sections because he had the director and uh the two of the actresses which are his his wife and his stepdaughter um talking and they were so interesting and such, a, like, a cute family that I was like, oh, I, I should probably check this out when I'm sober. I haven't yet, hmm. though. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. I need to watch that one. Um, there was a new Argento movie that came out this yeah, year called, uh-huh. like, Dark Glasses or something. The yep. cover of it is identical to the They Live poster, which it I is. think is really strange.
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah. I I don't know. Like... That, I mean,
0: post eighties Argento is yeah. not exactly good reputation. So right,
1: yeah. That, but I I, I did want to check it out, so I, I definitely will. I haven't seen. I know you have seen Crimes of the Future, uh, Men. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, mm-hmm, I yep. haven't seen those. I didn't see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, I didn't
0: see that one either. Definitely
1: no. want to. I
0: heard it's okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard some good stuff about it. Uh, I know uh, Skin I, 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 that just came out or whatever. I've heard people talking about it, but it's coming to Shutter in January. I'm definitely okay. gonna check that out. Uh, I
0: really wanted to watch Mad God, dude. I didn't oh, see Mad, Mad God. God this yes, year.
1: Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I mean we we missed a, a good number of them, but I think I think we saw a lot of the films and can kind of give a pretty good wrap up of our own opinions about what happened this year. I mean, uh, we we in texting, absolutely agreed on a top five, though, you know, right. what what order they would be in is, is you know, uh, individual here. But I, I think our top five is, is fucking strong, because this was a very strong year for horror. Uh, it
0: really was. Uh, it yeah. really, really was, dude. And the thing about it is, is that there was, there was some stuff in horror this year that got a lot of attention and a lot of hype, and yeah. I didn't really give much of a shit about it you right. know like, there's a lot of movies that that did get a lot of a lot of attention but like weren't scream. really great but to me four, yeah like scream
1: four scruff, scruff,
0: scruff, five cream it was oh, five wait, it was cream, five cream it? right yeah because Scream four cream. was
1: great uh five and cream. As like hellraiser yeah, like a lot of yeah. people blew up hellraiser, about it and boy, i'm like eh.
0: yeah that kid was fine yeah. but i was ultimately happy just to see a lot of people talking about horror properties at the end of the day
1: yeah me too yeah it's great that those movies did well with people because you know it means horror is doing well uh but yeah i was i was very unimpressed by hellraiser and uh uh, five cream is fine because i liked the people in it and i kind of it had a good like bit of nostalgia to it but it just yeah yeah, it didn't it didn't scratch that scream itch for me and doesn't definitely doesn't make me want to go see six cream
0: uh, <laughs> how they got to work that one in that's a I good question
1: i don't know um <laughs> but i mean the ones that that we agreed on as a top five uh are a real like imp- like impressive films i think and if they had come out like if they had not all come out in like a clump like this like we'd all be talking about x as like one of the best movies of the year or we'd all be talking about nope or, or Prey or Barbarian or Pearl because they're all like such great fucking movies but because they've all come out this year and X and Pearl are like in a you know universe together like it, it, it all it's almost like people nothing could shine so much that everybody would recognize like that horror film is actually also one of the best films of the year but right. those five films are some of the best films of the year i know and it makes me so
0: happy to see too that of those five i mean unless you count again the crossover shared universe between pearl and, and x yeah like, the only one of these that is a connection to an already established franchise is prey
1: yeah and it fucking nailed it in a way that like just reinvigorated my love for the predator franchise Totally, so like, man. Yeah, that, that's kind of perfect. That's the type of sequel you want in a franchise. Yeah, these others, yeah. You got uh, Nope. You know, I, I think Jordan Peele's movies probably do all exist in a similar universe. And I'll, I'd i love to look into Nope and see if there are connections back to Get Out and Us. But Nope definitely has a very unique feel to it. Um, and, and, you know, uh, as we said, fucking... X is bringing back like 70s filmmaking uh stuff and then like you got pearl which is like looking back to 1940s filmmaking stuff like
0: yeah golden age of cinema
1: yeah it's it's really like a, a big mixed bag of really awesome stuff and then also barbarian which is i think a lot of people would say the best film of the year i i are the best horror film of the year I'm not sure where I'm at on that. Like I'm not sure what I would say is the absolute best, but Barbarian was a fucking great movie.
0: Dude, Barbarian was was so cool. Like I yeah. loved that movie so much because it just it went in directions that I could not have anticipated, could not have figured out, and I was like gripping the edge of my seat just cuz I was like what the fuck is going right. on? And that, yeah. the way that movie balanced humor and and horror was so fucking good to me. Like that was right. on point. Where nothing felt really forced. Like they're just shoehorning in some silly shit. But yeah. at the same time, it really was a great balance. It made the scary stuff scarier, and the scary stuff made the funny stuff funnier. It was such a good sweet and salty kind of balance with that movie. Yeah. Um. It's hard for me to say if I liked Barbarian or X better. Like, right. That's
1: that's, that's kind of my debate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I, I had no fucking clue what was going on, and that was so fun. With X, you know, I'm not going to say that it was groundbreaking in really any way. Like, you can watch the trailer for that movie and be like, oh, okay, these kids show up to film a porn, the and old people killed. start killing right. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, you can even see what's what's coming. I mean, when dude looks through the, the holes in the side of the barn, and you know someone on the other side has a pitchfork, it's like, well, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean damn, it's like when I listen to the Beatles and I'm like, "Well, here comes the chorus and there it is." Is that bad? <laughs> no. Is it bad that I it's knew where it was going?
1: No, no. It's not. It's not. There's you when you know a form well and you do that that thing extremely well, it's really good. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking. Uh, but also like for me it's it's still it's also a debate with Nope because I loved that movie so much. Like it's it did things that I just did not expect. I had no concept of what it was going to be going in. And it was just like so unexpected, but so fucking cool and interesting. Um, totally. And a- another movie I debated just about looking at a top five was Fresh, because I think Fresh is so good. It, yes. But totally I do agree. think it's sixth. Like for me, I think it is the sixth best film. It's like right out of a top five, but it's. Any other year, it would be one of the best films, the best horror films of the year.
0: Dude, totally, right? It's yeah. just that we had this glut of really fucking good things. I'd say the same thing about men. Like, I liked men uh, okay. a lot. I, I love Alice
1: Garland anyway.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it is, and I I'll I will chime in with what a lot of other people have said about it, it is very heavy-handed. Like, it is okay. not really leaving you to interpret much. It is extremely heavy-handed with the messaging. Uh-huh. But it's still it's still really cool. And it had parts in there that just made me feel... Super weird and uncomfortable. Um, extremely small cast. Yeah. I still thought that it was really cool, but you're right. It's like when you have this glut of fantastic original shit that came out. It's like, well, any other year this would be a top three, but 2022. It's like, well, this is off of the top five for me. Yeah, I think of of all those five that we talked about being the top. I think that note probably had the best cinematography. God oh, damn, that movie was good.
1: It's gorgeous, man. I yeah, I I love. God I I, I I think there's something that like filmmakers have known for a long time about filming in like desert environments about how like it from a, a distance from the interstate the desert can look really like just bland and grody. but you get the right light on it, you get that right blue sky. And it looks like uh, another world. It looks like you're you're on Mars or something. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And that's like perfect for that the the entire story of that.
0: And there's something about the way that just the horizon and the skyline just yeah. seem endless. Like there's so many of those shots in that movie that are so wide where you're uh-huh. like, I guess this desert area goes on for infinity. It just looks yeah. like it never mm-hmm. ends. Yeah. Uh, it's really really cool i think it's his best shot movie that he's done for sure yes. i was yeah. also just happy to see jordan peele continuing to to kick ass you
1: yeah know? And, and continue to explore because like he's he he gets to explore strange stuff i mean i know uh a lot of people don't like us as much uh but i liked it for how strange he got to be and I, the same thing with nope is like he can go as strange as he want. Like he has his legacy intact. Like the man, the man already had fucking Key and Peel <laughs> under his belt. Yeah, hey, one yeah. of the best sketch comedy shows ever made. And then get out like cemented. Like, oh, okay, he's a good director and he knows horror really well. And the fact that he's he's like, okay, now I can go anywhere I want. And when he goes anywhere he wants, it gets fucking really cool and interesting to me
0: you know he is kind of like like the the fucking miles davis of cinema in that way where it's just like hey i invented cool jazz all right now i'm doing bop okay now i, pre- I, I like invented jazz fusion it's just uh-huh. like i'm just going in all these directions where right most people are lucky if they get to reinvent music once in their career and miles davis did it like <laughs> five times <laughs>
1: right yeah yeah i think like in uh, and, and, and in a lot of ways he's he's got a carpenter like uh filmography totally because um, you know carpenter big on the sci-fi big on the horror and big on integrating the two and and really like i i think you know jordan peele hopefully will will get to continue to make as, as many movies as carpenter has made because i i'd love to see what he does in you know 10 years just with oh totally you know go, going down whatever avenues he's gonna go so yeah i, I love nope as we said uh, fucking x and pearl so ty west is on the list twice um we are pretty
0: high honors that's unabashed
1: pretty cool. <laughs> uh ty west fanboys i guess because we every time we've done a ty west movie it's gotten like super high <laughs> reviews and shit so from us um i i i think x and pearl was just like The releasing those two movies in one year and finding out Pearl was just like a a side thing they did because they had some extra time because of COVID. Like That's fucking rad. It's so so cool. cool. Yeah.
0: And dude, like I get that some people are just like, Yeah, Pearl I thought it was kinda boring. It wasn't like super horrific or scary. They wanted something else out of it. Yeah. But dude, to me it's like even if you do feel that way about it. Just enjoy it for what it is. Like, a, a filmmaker got to make an entire movie about one of the characters in his other movie. Yeah. Like, he just, uh-huh. he had the opportunity. He had the actress. He had the the sets and everything already built. And it was just like, ah, oh, how about I get to do this thing because we're here anyway. And he's apparently such a cool guy that he got everybody to agree to do it. Like, what yeah. a unique opportunity he had. And I love that he just took it.
1: Yeah, me too. And, and I'm uh, super excited for Maxine. And fuck just, yeah, yeah! I just can't wait to see how he completes that trilogy. It's really cool. It's kind of
0: crazy too when you look at this list and you're like, okay, between Nope and Barbarian, we're talking about guys that were formerly in sketch comedy directing two of the best horror movies that we've seen in right. the past like decade.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely cool. That yeah, I mean, but that's we talked about that uh, at some point. I remember talking about how uh, comedy and horror both. Uh, elicit similar things. Like you're you're talking about trying to make someone react. Either Involuntary by reaction, involuntarily yeah. laughing or involuntarily being afraid. Like that those two things go hand in hand and really like you you could look at a scare very much as as like set up punchline. Um mm-hmm. and and yeah I, I think people you know, people who work in comedy who who have a love for horror probably should, you know, get more opportunities after we've seen this. Of course, that means that people who are bad at comedy will make bad horror movies. But there yeah. are some good comedians out there who love, love horror and could probably bring something very interesting to it. I don't know how many... I mean, because when you talk about Jordan Peele, like... It's. I mean, why does kids, you know, it was funny in the 2000s or whatever. I don't know how well it holds up. But you can still watch any Key and Peele episode and be like, this is fucking genius. Like, totally. this is so yes. goddamn, like, genius. Uh, so, it's less of a surprise that Jordan Peele is, is able to do it. But, yeah, I think I think integrating people with comic... Because, like, you know, we've always a lot of the movies that we like the most have humor to them even though they're not like a horror comedy they'll have humorous moments or moments that really like i guess kind of set you like all get you off balance because yeah, you're feeling totally. like That's it's a, a little bit light and then it's not like like yeah
0: it, it can sucker punch you after you let your guard down
1: yeah I mean, in the movie we're talking about today, we'll we'll get into how it uses humor and and how that like adjusts the the entire feel of the film. But I think there are some other movies I would definitely like to just mention, uh, and none of the big ones. Like you know, obviously there were there were a lot of big franchises expanded on, like Scream and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Hellraiser and and whatnot, but. There were a lot of like independent or small films that I saw that I think are definitely worth mentioning. One of them I've, I talked about not long ago was Hatching, which I think oh, is... Oh, Kate
0: watched that and loved it. She yeah, said it was bonkers.
1: It is. It's insane. And the effects are so fucking cool, and like the creature design and stuff. Just definitely check out Hatching. Um, also, You Won't Be Alone... Which is a... I, I talked about it. it it's, it's like a... Kind of like The Witch, uh, but slower.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay.
1: But but I don't know. It, like Definitely worth watching. It's got New Mirror Pace in it. Ooh, and, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Uh, it, it's subtitled, just like hatching. So, you know, if, if you're not a subtitle person, I'm sorry. But it's great. Uh, also, another You Are Not My Mother, which is an Irish film... And I don't want to like spoil anything for it, but it definitely went into some like interesting folklore and stuff that that I was very very into.
0: Mm, um, okay.
1: And then uh, I think a lot of people have probably seen this Deadstream, which is a horror comedy POV type of thing. It's I, I very much enjoyed it; thought it was really funny, and that the horror was really really good in it.
0: I remember you talking about uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. Being pretty uh, yeah, we are.
1: Yeah, we're all going to the World's Fair is a, is well worth a watch. Like very simple film. I think only two characters, and man, it uh, it gets real dark. And and the I've ending heard. is kind of like like at first I wasn't sure how to feel about, it, but then when I thought about it, I was like, "Ooh, that's that's interesting." So definitely check that one out.
0: Hmm all right man and uh werewolf by night the disney thing was really good too that was oh, yeah. really fun yeah, if that's you like the, classic uh, horror <laughs> shit you gotta watch that
1: yeah yeah the big the big uh i mean you know MCU, mcu and marvel don't need a uh any extra boost but if if you're into the mcu and you haven't seen werewolf by night yet fucking watch it it's really good
0: do you have like an overall favorite movie period horror or otherwise
1: Oh, of the oh god! I don't even know what else came out. All every, <laughs> I had to look up what horror movies came out this year for this. Uh, what it's else came out this dude. year? I can't. I can't imagine uh, Glass Onion. I'll say <laughs> Glass Onion was really good.
0: Okay, all right. I, my number one, like for sure, and I oh. saw it pretty early in the year whenever it came out, and I just knew I was like, I'm not gonna see a better movie than this this year. You know, okay. like every now and then you, you have that feeling. Uh, that's how I felt whenever I watched Everything Everywhere all at once. That I movie still have is a, not watched that
1: fucking God movie. I need damn, to. damn, dude. Yeah. It is a
0: fucking treasure. Like, watch it as soon as you fucking can. Okay. Good God, man. Like... Yeah? I, I swear. Like, I don't know the last time I saw something just so unabashedly inventive and creative and fun and heartfelt. And yeah. it it it's everything, dude. Like, that movie goes in so many directions and does it all so fucking well. From, like, family relationship drama to ridiculous kung fu fighting scenes and shit. I don't think there is a better movie out that came out this year. I really don't think so.
1: I mean, uh, that, that just reminded me that RRR came out this year. Oh, and I, I really how crazy that. that was, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely worthwhile. I mean, it's, like, three hours long, uh, but fucking... I just like it's so because it's crazy it's got some real over-the-top stuff but it it like it has the dance numbers and like songs and stuff and it has like this just like really like solid male friendship angle at the center of it that is just really like I don't know I I think it was really nice and and people were very into it when it hit netflix but like i i hadn't thought about it until just now like that that film i don't know if it's the best film i saw in 2022 because again i can't remember everything that came out but it it was one of the more enjoyable movies i've seen in a long time
0: word man Mm -hmm. what lands on your shit list for horror this year like what what are the worst things you saw i got two that come to mind you do
1: okay i mean um i boy i didn't like smile that's for sure I remember you
0: saying how bad that was. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, one.
1: did not like Smile at all. Um, well, I say at all. There were there were moments of it that I thought were cool, but I it just ugh could not get into it. Um, they them is terrible. I hate it's terrible. It. Yeah,
0: dude. And it's a cool idea for a movie. Like it, it, it is, is a it's nice, a very idea. cool idea. It would be very cool hard to, get that to kind execute. Of representation.
1: Yeah, it would be very hard to ever execute that in any way unless we're talking about a a movie written by and directed by queer people like don't yeah yeah don't give me like a a a very straight perspective on this like oh wouldn't it be crazy if you know there was a killer at a gay conversion camp it's like yeah it's like yeah that is crazy yeah it's not your story not your story to tell (laughs) though yeah but yeah, yeah there's
0: potential there. But that was a piece of shit. I really I, didn't like that movie.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't like that, and didn't like Smile. I can't think of a ton. I I hated. I wasn't fucking Halloween Ends, dude. Oh right, yeah, Halloween Ends. Fuck that movie.
0: <laughs> what a piece of shit. I think like the more I thought about it, like the more distance I get from it, the madder I am at it. Honestly, right. like I'm not. I'm not cooling down about
1: it. Oh, man. I, I can't. What is the name of the kid again? I guess the new Michael Myers. What was his yeah. name? Yeah. <laughs> so um, forgettable. Like, what?
0: And, and, no, like, it, it, Corey. Corey. Because it? it's like, yeah. Lori and Corey. Right. Very Ugh. subtle. <laughs> wink, 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 wink. Yeah. What a dumb piece of shit, man. Dude, to, to have spent, you know, the last four years building up this new Michael Myers. Uh, storyline yeah, and then at the last minute just fucking drop the ball and pass it to somebody else that nobody gives a shit about like what a stupid fucking movie that is I can't wait to do it on the show and just eviscerate the fucking thing it's (laughs) well we
1: sure will we sure will
0: yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely man so yeah that's kind of our our best and worst of the year I hope that uh, hope that you guys have something you can tell us about over on our Facebook group only reason to use that godforsaken website so hang out with us on facebook let us know your top five of the year that'll go on my to watch list for the year 20 and 23 because there's a whole lot of catching up that i need to do for sure and i want to find out what you guys like the best
1: yeah worst yeah i i definitely like yeah because i i need to be reminded of, of what came out this year i know i watched a ton of new movies this year um and new horror movies specifically, yeah. So let us know what you liked because I I I just forget shit all the time. I need reminders of oh yeah that movie came out and it was awesome.
0: Right, right, yeah. right. Overall, would you say twenty twenty was twenty twenty two was a pretty good year for you?
1: Um. Oh boy, it was stressful. Yeah, <laughs> it was a yeah. stressful year, especially the last half of it. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was good. It was nice. Moved I mean, to the land of ports. Yeah, became a Yankee, as, as we all know. Became a Yankee, uh-huh. yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Had a good old uh, Dead and Lovely meetup, second annual. That was
1: great. That was absolutely great. Both of those things happened in the last half of the year Uh, when I was super stressed, but they both were, were welcome boons. I mean, the stress was about the move to Portland, but once we got here, it was like, oh, yeah, Glad we moved here. It's a cool city. There you go.
0: Yeah, on. yeah 2022 was good for me. Um, yeah. You know, again, learn, learning how to say no, something I'm still making uh, progress with and need to get better at, just learning how to, like I'll say, like the, the, the kind of realization I've had recently that I'm just trying to learn to understand and to execute and practice and make part of my life is understanding that I only have so much energy. Yeah. And, you know, even if I look at, the, the clock and I say, Oh, that thing that somebody wants me to do, that'll only take two or three hours to do. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. But the thing that I'm not taking into account that I think I have been blowing for years now is understanding that, yes, you will do the thing and the thing will only take two or three hours, but then there's a recovery period. Yeah. There is a recovery period. There, there. is. Like, this is something that my, even my, my buddy, Mark LaTerry, who's a fabulous guitar player, uh, A conversation he and I had late one night, a month or two ago, has really helped me understand that where, you know, I was talking about just something I was doing. It was probably just, you know, teaching a bunch or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I do the teaching thing, and it only takes a few hours or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but you probably don't want to, like, fucking sit down and write music after that, do you? I was like, no. He's like, yeah, you need to recover because that takes energy. Uh And I think that learning... Learning the flow of how I need time to recover energy. It's yeah. not just hours on the clock. This it's is something not. that I'm realizing I've been fucking up and not understanding. I have to have time to recover before I can execute my goals, especially considering my goals are creative goals. Right. Whether that is making YouTube videos or whether it's writing that fucking album I've been putting off for 15 right. years. Um, I've not understood my own need for recovery. And that's definitely going to be a big theme for me um, going forward in 2023. I've, I've been trying to do better. I've done better in some regards. And um, I've gotten to do a lot of really cool things in 2022, man. That uh, that trip to Mexico that we yeah, took in, in uh-huh. April was that's just really cool. fucking amazing, man. And um, yeah, that, w- that was really, really fabulous. Lost Zora this year, which is terrible. But we got Darla, yeah. which is fantastic. Adorable. Mm-hmm. That little ding dong. Gotten to play a lot of really cool shows. Gotten to do some amazing work out at, at Sweetwater. Yeah, with those fine folks out there, it's been it's been a whole lot of year. Like I think if I looked back and I tallied up everything that went on in this year, I'd be like, how the fuck did that fit in twelve months?
1: <laughs> I I yeah I think really what you're like butting up against is just the American propagandized work ethic where like. People are really taught, like, no, like 40 hours a week is minimum. That's like the minimum you work. And it's like, if you're working 40 hours a week, that is exhausting. You need time to actually recover from that. That's so much fucking work to have right. to do. Re- recovery is key it It is is. yeah
0: and it's tough man because you know in that particular narrative that you're talking about this is usually someone working 40 hours for somebody else right and I guess it's like it's it's me and it's like I guess you can say in a sense I am working for the folks at Google that run YouTube uh, but they're not forcing me to clock in at all I make my own hours on that Um, and as far as anything creative goes yeah I'm just entirely my own boss I'm doing this to amuse myself writing music and stuff um, it, it's tough when you love the work. Like, yeah. honestly, it is is it it is so hard to clock out when you love what you do.
1: It is, and it's it's hard to disconnect, like, real, like, regular, everyday, real-world stuff from the thing that you do for work because you love yeah. it. But yeah. then you're not recovering at all because your brain is just being constantly set to this task all right. the time and and not getting to just do what it normally would have done if we were all in nature and that is just like sit and stare <laughs> that's yeah. really what humans would be doing if we didn't have tvs people are like oh a caveman wouldn't have a tv so he'd be working all the time no a caveman would just be staring at the fire just be staring yeah, at looking
0: it. L- looking at uh fucking images and flickering shapes and in it and shit yep. yeah
1: that's it and being like, oh, that kind of looked like a person <laughs> or right. whatever. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so, so hopefully
0: throughout 2023, I can learn how to better understand my own need for for time and recovery and, and schedule. Um, I hope that that's something I can improve on. Yeah. I, I will uh, definitely be trying my best because I know it'll make me easier to be around for everybody around me. <laughs> if I take into <laughs> account the fact that like, oh, guess what? After you do a lot of work, you need to chill for a second. Yeah. Uh I'd be a better person if I understood that.
1: Yeah, everybody out there, take take this great advice that Ben is giving cuz I I hope I, I, can, I tend to, you know, um forget to do that myself and forget to not be on, you know, <laughs> like to just shut down for a little bit, to just let let the vein, the brain just kind of veg and just relax from all the work you've been putting it through. Right, right, yeah. right anyway
0: (laughs) so we'll we'll see what we can do for 2023 man right let's talk about today's movie let's get into some Wolof of Snowalo which came out in 2020 and I watched this for the first time all of last night but you had seen this a time or two before right
1: I had seen it before and um I I think it is a movie that requires two viewings the first it helps. time i watched through i was i was like i don't think this guy is charming and like i'm not really like getting like he's he's funny but he's funny because he's a ball of stress and he's he's uncharming in a lot of ways um but then watching it through again it's like oh right <laughs> this is a a movie about cops and cops are bastards and oftentimes incompetent and but, you know, that's kind of
0: us showing our, our age in a lot of ways, too, because a lot of the movies and TV shows that we were fed when we were kids in the 80s was, like, cops, the good guys that are smart and know what's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. Well, especially in, like, children's programming. Yeah, they give totally. you the idea that you can go to the cops when everything is going bad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So it's like, I think in this... My 80s brain goes into this thinking, like, I'm supposed to like the cops, the good guys.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I think maybe some of that was there for me. Is just like, I'm assuming a movie written with cops at the center of it is about how the cops are either going to do well in investigating this uh, and just reach a bunch of, like, you know, impediments, and that's what's slowing them down. Or. Uh, they're, you know, going to be completely corrupt and not care or whatever. But instead, this is a movie about uh, cops who are, aren't good at being cops. They live in a mountain town where they never have to do any sort of investigating. I mean, they're basically just patrol officers, and they're not detectives or anything. Um, and this and is suddenly
0: something- mangled corpses start showing
1: up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is something well outside of their their area of expertise, which is, I guess, writing tickets. Um, and, and they're not getting the help from the state police and FBI like they would want somebody else to just come in and f- solve this though uh, our main character played by by director and writer Jim Cummings our main character John is very much like set on solving it himself uh, and that, that because he is a ball of stress and uh recovering alcoholic and also not good at being a police officer or and good
0: practicing alcoholic
1: <laughs> yeah and a practicing alcoholic, yeah, and not good at being a parent and not not good at life in general, he's just bad at doing stuff um the the fact that like everything goes the way it goes makes sense the fact that like and we'll talk about um, issues we have with the movie, but I think a lot of those issues can be explained by the cops are incompetent.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of Coen Brothersy in that way. Yes. Like, uh-huh. when you watch something like Burn After Reading and you're like, all these right. government officials are just... Fuck ups, or even movies like Fargo, where the cops are doing dumb stuff in the snow. That's obviously very similar to to this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, too. but
1: uh, yeah, but in Fargo, of course, you have the one cop. We have uh, oh fuck, what's her name? Frances McDormand. Frances uh, McDormand. Yeah, yeah, uh, fucking killing it, and she's the one who's like focused. And on the, in this, we do have that too with Ricky Lindholm uh, as as uh, fucking Julia uh, Detective Julia Robeson is her name. Um,
0: it took me a while to recognize her, by the way. Oh yeah yeah
1: yeah because she's yeah because ricky Lim, she's a, a a pretty lady comedy lady she's been in a ton of stuff uh this half is of
0: garfunkel and oats
1: exactly half of garfunkel and oats but yeah he or she's supposed to be like you know uh they're clearly like her makeup is like toned down and like she's supposed she's very to very stoic yeah but yeah she's she's definitely doing a great job uh unexpectedly when i saw that she was in it i was like oh like a horror comedy type of thing but no she's she is stoic she's not really not really ever a source of of comedy in the movie
0: except for that one part where she's sitting in the car with jim cummings and he's talking about like how badly women have been treated and he's like oh yeah have women been treated this way since like the middle ages and just the way that she, the way turns she looks, and at looks at him, at him yeah. like
1: that's <laughs> so funny shut yeah. the fuck up like <laughs> he's she so doesn't dumb. say a word just the,
0: the look on her face is so perfect
1: yeah it's perfect yeah uh, who else is, there? I mean, the, the rest of the cast, uh, I don't really know very well, but Robert Forster, of course, you know, from Jackie Brown, um, a ton of other things, a he,
0: tons of stuff, yeah. some David Lynch stuff, I think. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh, he did Mulholland drive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is his last film and it's like almost, it's almost like poetic that it's his last film because the character is playing this guy who is clearly on his last rodeo and dies in, in the movie and he actually died before the film came out. Um, he, he does such a great job of just being yeah. just like so tired and out of his element sheriff.
0: But at the same time, and it seems like this is a trait that he's passed down to his, his son who's played by Jim Cummings, Uh uh-huh. even though this guy knows that he is on his last legs and he is like literally being held up by, yeah the other people he's still like i've got to protect my family i've got to do the job i can't clock out i have to be strong and do the job because i'm the man uh which definitely seems like something that jim cummings character has adopted from his dad as well
1: right but he says like uh i feel like i've been having a heart i'm I'm having a heart attack and he's like you feel like you're having a heart attack right now he's like "Nah, since about august Uh, that's (laughs) like just such a funny line and funny delivery like he he does it so perfectly uh, but then it like ha- it, it then ends up having real world implications because he has a, a heart murmur and that's why he feels that way. But like that that joke uh, really hit because like it, I don't know in this film Robert Forster like kind of reminds me of my papaw. Oh word, <laughs> yeah, and that just like sounded like something my papa would say, and I was just like, "Fuck, that's that was perfect. That was like just a perfect response, perfect old man response."
0: Yeah, 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 and you know this movie. At its core is is a whodunit. And spoiler yeah. warnings ahead, like we're going to spoil the shit yeah. out of this movie like we always do, so don't let us ruin the the, the reveal in this movie for you as far as the uh, the werewolf, the all that kind of stuff. Don't right. let us spoil it for you. If you've not watched this movie, I mean, yeah, I would say I would recommend watching yeah, it. I yes, have issues with definitely. it, but I still really did like it a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah, from, definitely. from here on, be spoilers. For sure, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> so yeah. it's a
0: whodunit kind of thing where we're trying to figure out who this killer is through the movie. Like, is it actually a werewolf? Some of the cops are thinking, like, I think there's a werewolf killing these people, but Jim Cummings' character is just like, no, no, no this is a man. Shut the fuck up. Right, because like, werewolves aren't this real. This is a man doing right? this stuff. <laughs> uh huh. And they're trying to put together the pieces that we're trying to put together the pieces. Uh, we're also being kind of fed this narrative where there's this guy on the outskirts of town who is a, a, a drug addict. Who has a wolf tattoo and he right. has a wolf, and we're assuming that he must be the bad guy
1: right yet, yeah, that's interesting because, like in a who done it, you definitely want to mislead your audience, and that is kind of a mislead, and it feels almost like a cheap mislead because. You know, you're showing us all this, and then what, like, then you're telling us it's not him. It's like, okay, then why were you showing me him at all? Uh,
0: It's kind of hard with that guy, yeah, because I feel like, too, a lot of the stuff that is making us suspect him is the way the movie is made, because when it shows us this guy, it gives us these long, slow zooms and ominous soundtrack, and. It yeah you know, the camera is always positioned in a way to where you can't really get a clear view of his face right and it's like is the guy being suspect the whole time or is it just the way that this is filmed because I think if you put that Twin Peaks ass soundtrack on any of these characters just doing the dishes I would be like oh that that lady's definitely the werewolf for <laughs> yeah sure. right
1: well I you think, know okay but here's the thing I think
0: oh and it also plays into sorry the traditional narrative of this guy's doing drugs suspect him of being a bad guy right right. sorry
1: but no but like i think what it would normally maybe piss me off and if played out any differently than it's played out here but here what it's doing is showing us this bad guy who they then later assume was the killer and but from what we've seen of him it's like well i can see why they'd assume that like, yeah. everything, he, he did kill a person. We saw him burn her body. Like, we, we know he's a bad guy. So, when they think he's the killer, it's kind of like, okay, but I know the movie has some more time, so wait, that guy wasn't the guy. Uh, right. And I think that's fair, because you've shown, you've sh- you've led the audience to the conclusion the police are going to make but then you're going to slowly then reveal actually it's this other person, and they do a good job of of getting to that. So I, I wasn't thrown off by it too much, but yeah, I would agree with you. And, and a lot of if they had done it just slightly different, it could have been terrible. It could have pissed me off so much that it's like, well, why did you even show me that guy then? Like if, right. if there was no resolution with it, and if it didn't like play into the whole. Conceit of the film is that these cops don't really know what they're doing and they just want it to go away.
0: Well, that's kind of what I get out of it, too, is because it does turn out that this druggy wolf guy has killed somebody. Right. Which is like, okay, so there are two active killers in this sleepy little nothing town <laughs> active at the same time. Like, for one, yeah. um, that's pretty fucking wild.
1: That is that is wild, yeah. It is a little unlikely. It seems that that would be the case.
0: But then it's also showing us, too, that not only did the cops misdiagnose who was killing these people, because it wasn't a werewolf after all, right? they were also missing out on another dude that was just free and loose and got away with this murder they said like half a mile away from the crime scene anyway so it's kind of showing their incompetence on all fronts not only
1: half a mile away from the crime scene but the owner of the airbnb where the first person was killed yeah yeah that does piss me off that is incompetence to not suspect the airbnb owner who lives a half a mile away and not question him at all because they it shows them interrogating him kind of but they don't follow up they like he says he has a wife so why wouldn't they just be like okay well let's talk to his wife see if she knows where he was like check out his whereabouts at the very least during that time and then discover he doesn't fucking have a wife. they would be like, well, this guy's lying to us. Like, it's so incompetent to not follow up on the one person you could suspect other than the boyfriend.
0: I know. Well, and there's also other things, too, where, okay, we have this eyewitness report from that lady who saw him. In this tiny little town where she's like, oh, yeah, he was like a really tall guy. Uh And we know for a fact that whoever's been killing these people, you know, they said has like the stature of a fucking Kodiak bear. Like he's really tall. Mm -hmm. So you would think there's, this is modern times, surely there's a database somewhere of that town of like everybody who lives there, their height and weight.
2: Uh, You think they would start off
0: by just looking at like. Yeah, the fucking DMV would have that. And they'd be like, (laughs) well, okay, who in this town that is tiny, as they've told us several times in the movie, who in the town's over six feet tall? Let's start there.
1: Right. Yeah, they could definitely search DMV records for who's over six feet tall, and it's not a yeah. big town. Uh, it'd be real easy to narrow down to the guy who lives a half mile away, owns the Airbnb, and is over six feet tall and lied to us about his wife. Maybe worth investigating. Oh, he's a taxidermist, you say? How interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, also has specialized equipment and knowledge of anatomy. Right,
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, that does irritate me. Because, like, I actually, like, another part of this that irritates me is that the guy that ends up being the werewolf is shown twice before he's shown, uh, like, outside of the, the cabin because it's his property and he's complaining about blah, blah, blah or whatever.
0: See, I missed that that was him entirely. right.
1: Okay, well that yeah that's him, and then they interrogate him later. But the thing is, he has a beard in both of those scenes, and then later when he gets confronted by uh, by uh, John Marshall, he doesn't have a beard. So I was like, who is this guy now? Like
0: I thought that was the first time I saw that guy. That right? that's something that I was watching it last night, and you know it had been a pretty long day and everything. I was kind of tired whenever I was watching it. It got uh-huh. to this reveal at the end of the movie where it's like, oh, this Paul guy, the taxidermist he's the one that's been putting on this wolf suit and killing these people uh he answers the door and i'm like who the fuck is this now right. this is like a real like uh, mrs Voorhees reveal where it's like <laughs> there's no way you could have known this character was responsible right. for these murders because you haven't seen this fucking character yet yeah um but, but then we i watched it today yeah. and yeah but it, it's in such Minor capacities where, yeah. again, I totally miss it. That was him at the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I caught earlier today that that was him being interrogated, but it was him being interrogated among like five other people. Right. So he just kind of blends in as a non-person. It also never says his name or what he does or anything. Yeah. Um, I guess later on in the movie, whenever John is doing all the research at the library, he finds that taxidermy book that Paul has written but again, I don't even know the significance of Paul's name. So seeing that name on the spine didn't catch my attention at all. No,
1: no, it didn't at all. I, yeah, I was just so confused. I really thought they'd introduce just an absolute rando at the end. Because, simply because this guy had a beard in the other two scenes. Like, why did they shave him? Fucking I know. keep the beard on him. So we're like, there's that guy. And I wonder if there was a scene where he was like, "I need to shave my beard for a particular reason, like I don't know, maybe he had 'cause he you know he's made this werewolf suit, maybe he had created a new way to make the jaw work or something, and but he had to shave his I bet beard. He, you know
0: what? I bet he was tired of getting his beard caught in that damn zipper. that'd be real annoying.
1: <laughs> I bet it would be a be. problem, oh, my know? damn werewolf costume got my beard again." There's a few
0: parts in this where I feel like there were scenes missing, where I feel like yeah. there's stuff that got cut out somewhere in this. Probably, Cause it's also yeah. a, It's a pretty short movie, but I Hour felt like there were scenes yeah. like that, oh. where I was just like, man, I feel like there's there's stuff that was missing out of this movie, because it is kind of weird for us to, I guess, feel like we're surprised whenever it turns out to be this guy, but when it gets to that guy, I'm like, I've never seen this guy, so. Right.
1: Yeah yeah that that was confusing to me the first time through and which is i mean you know this is why i was kind of bleh on it but rewatching it and and whatnot i i really do appreciate this movie for what it is and that is you know a a bunch of not good cops and, and one you know very dedicated cop um all bumbling along uh because they don't know what they're doing uh it 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 does create for like this sort of almost horror black comedy thing. I, I, yeah, I don't think you can call this a horror comedy for sure, Mm-mm. but I don't think it, so. it has comedy throughout, but a lot of the comedy is just how stressed out Jim Cummings in it is. And because he's like, so uh, like the actor is clearly very like charming and, and good with like, you know, em- emoting with his face and stuff. You, oh yeah, you you're definitely gonna get laughs more than you think from this this horror film, but it's also like it also feels like um like Zodiac, <laughs> like you're watching this like really intense thriller uh, where you know there are some suspects and one of the suspects I thought the first time watching the film was jim cummings john marshall himself like same
0: yes me too man especially like that first opening monologue he has while he's at aa like uh uh-huh he he says woof like in reaction to something, he says, "Woof, yeah. my ex-wife." Woof. Yeah. And then he talks about, yeah, like the beast within, the and monster like, how, inside, or
1: something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: like how the first time that he drank, he was like, "This is what it feels like to be normal." I was right. like, "Okay, yeah. so so
1: many." Indications. And, and I'm thinking, like, dude, to yeah.
0: his, his stress and alcoholism, like maybe he's blacking out and doing this stuff.
1: Right. Exactly. That's that was exactly my thought. You don't uh, you don't get confirmation that that is not the case until about an hour in when like. He comes along when his daughter is uh, about to get killed by this werewolf man and saves her. And yes, he, we see they're two separate individuals, and it's like okay, so it's not him. Like my first time watching through, I was like, it is him, and then that scene, I was like, all right, it's not him. Who the fuck is it? Yeah, uh, right. So, which, which was a just,
0: good little turn for me. I was like, oh, that threw me off. off yeah, because I had okay. no
1: other suspects at all. Like nobody else was. I thinking, oh, they did it, and and I really did think, you know, the the guy they kept showing was like, oh, this is the guy. They're just kind of giving us a backstory or showing us like you know who he is as a person, um, but then you know that guy isn't it. And yeah, I, I had zero suspects. So like watching through a second time, I was like really trying to see like you know if anybody else had been hinted at and I had been mentioned uh, missing it, but they aren't. Like it really does just like the movie only gives you two options really. And then it turns out to be a third option you couldn't have possibly really guessed. I mean, I guess you could. If you're paying enough attention, you could be like, okay, that's the Airbnb guy. Okay, he said he had a wife. All right, I guess he shaved his beard, and now he says he doesn't have a wife. That's the guy. Like, maybe you could have come to that. But, I don't know. I, I think a whodunit needs... To be to be good, a whodunit needs to either... Like, make it very possible for the viewer to comprehend it or or guess at it, but also make it so that you do have to be smart to get there. Like, it can never, it shouldn't yeah. outrun you. the 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 Who Done It should never outrun you if you're paying attention. You should be able to maybe guess. Uh, a, a twist, a surprise, a little detail you didn't notice before is is fine and perfect and wonderful, and that's how you make it interesting, of course. But straightforward who done it? You need your audience to be with you. You don't want it to be a shock like I could have never guessed ending. Though it doesn't ruin the film. I mean, obviously Friday the Thirteenth is great, but this this definitely the shock and me not connecting that he was the guy earlier and just thinking it was a random person that definitely didn't work for me. So I, yeah. I, I am glad to know, like after having to put like a bunch of, I, I really had to go back and look and make sure it was the same guy. I, like on, on Amazon, the x-ray feature, I had to make sure it was the same actor in those scenes. Cause I still couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, I, I'm at odds with myself about this. I'm at odds with myself with a lot of aspects of this movie, honestly, yeah. where, you know, I'm not some kind of mystery aficionado. Like, I've never mm. fucking cracked open a damn Agatha Christie book or anything. Like, I'm no, you know, Sherlock Holmes or nothing like that when it comes to being a fan of mystery stuff. Right. I like I like whodunits in horror. I love the okay. Giallo stuff. I love the Argento right. stuff. Like, even... A movie like fucking Phenomenon, it's like, there's no way in a billion years you could ever know it was Little Fish Face Kid <laughs> killing people. Like, there's literally no way. That's a right. terrible mystery, but I love the movie. Uh-huh. Same with Friday the 13th, like you said. It's like, there's literally no way you could know it's Pam Voorhees. Like, you haven't fucking seen her the whole movie. Right. Um, But I still love it. Like, I, I'm at odds with that. Like, I can sit here and be like, yeah, I realize that's not a well-put-together mystery, but i still enjoyed it like i feel like the uh the, the film critique pro podcaster that i am i should be right. like points deducted for that but i'm like i don't know nah. yeah it's yeah. not good but i still like it you I, know? yeah
1: i still like it uh, well i mean like uh with with glass onion a, a film i very much enjoyed um i i happen to have guessed who who did it from the beginning It didn't change my enjoyment of it and when it was revealed it was like I knew it. It was like actually a good feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. where it was like, Yeah, that's great. But yeah, even if you can't guess it at all, that doesn't ruin a film. It does it doesn't even have to make it points deducted. Uh, Right, yeah. So in this case, it depends on what
0: kind of watcher you are. Like for me, mm -hmm. I'm not a. I'm gonna sit here and try to figure this out while it's playing in front of my eyes. I do that with music involuntarily, but like when I'm watching a movie, I'm just like, okay, tell me a story, you know. Whereas, like whenever Kate watches movies like this, she is she's trying to fucking win the movie, you know. (laughs) I'm going to beat the movie. I'm going to win
1: at The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and like, I don't watch movies that way. But if you do, you'll probably get frustrated with this because there's just no way you could fucking know. I mean, maybe if you pick up on this teeny tiny insignificant detail about this, this seam ripper that gets left behind and left at the wrong house as evidence, this is something that was kind of a confusion for me. Where did that seam ripper come from? Well, I assume I, one I, of the crime scenes, but why did the? Why would he take
1: a seam this, ripper with him? Right? Yeah,
0: like taxidermy or clothing making tool to go murder somebody. Like, why did he even have that on him?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's possible he, he. I don't. Oh man, that's a. I didn't consider that, and I was about to say it's possible that like he it was like left in the costume. But then, how, why? Like, why would a seam yeah, ripper be left in the costume? Why, like, no,
0: uh-uh. Maybe he don't uses get that. it to,
1: like, rip her clothes off, but that's the slowest way to do that.
0: Yeah, especially if you're armed with fucking razor knife hands or right. whatever. We never really get a lot of specifics about exactly what his, his armaments are. Mm-hmm. Um, or what his motive is either. Like, right. initially whenever... You know, they're talking about how off the first lady that died, like, the, the vagina was missing. And right. then the head was missing off this other one. Like, uh-huh. you know, especially with it in mind that this guy's a taxidermist, I'm like, okay, is he making, like, a fucking Ed Gein skin suit? That but is then, something we like,
1: needed. Uh, like, some resolution yeah. on that. Because it's... Well, yeah. Because then
0: Kate pointed out, why'd he kill that three-year-old? Like, he ain't making a fucking suit out of a kid. Like, what was that for? That's
1: a good point. I guess maybe just kill the witness or maybe it's just part of his bloodlust i mean he's he's actively taking on the the you know traits of a werewolf so maybe like it's just bloodlust like he just kills because it's there but yeah it it doesn't make sense if he killed the baby intentionally i mean cuz yeah. he saw that the woman had this child like when he approached them in the diner sure So that was a choice he made. He knew the child would be there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I just... I don't know about that. Like, there was kind of some subtext in the movie earlier where they were talking about how, you know, the original killings they attributed to being werewolves was just because they couldn't imagine a man would do something so bad. But it was usually just these men going out on a full moon so they could see and kill women because they were so angry and because they hated women. Yeah. And this Paul guy later on in the movie... Whenever John is asking about, you know, oh, I thought you had a wife. He's like, well, I thought I was going to, but she just couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't hack cut it. It, or something or yeah, like that. Yeah. Hack it. That's what he says. Couldn't hack it. Yeah. And it's like you kind of get the idea a little bit that like maybe this guy had some kind of bad experience with uh, an ex. Maybe that was his first kill. I don't know, but
1: well, okay. I it, mean, it's
0: all really guarded subtext.
1: Well, I mean, like, okay, like the. The Considering that the first killing happens at his property and the third killing happens after he approaches this woman at a diner, clearly trying to pick her up, is the second killing, the ski instructor, is the man she's going to see who treats her bad, is it him? Like, oh. Is that, it was that, like, they had a relationship and he thought, you know he was gonna be happy with her but he wasn't so he killed her and he means there there is
0: that one really weird shot where she i think we're seeing it from his pov and she Uh like looks into the camera meaning looks into his eyes and looks kind of disturbed and scared like oh it's you
1: yeah Uh uh-huh yes kind of an oh it's you scene like from uh sleepaway camp yeah (laughs) exactly there is a little
0: bit of that but, but again like entirely unspoken in the movie
1: right Which is, you know, um, I like a movie that trusts the audience to pick up on small details, Um, so I don't don't fault it for that. And the fact that we are having to put together the mystery that the cops didn't fully is, is oftentimes true as well, that the cops don't get all the details. I mean they rarely solve crimes anyway, but if they do solve a murder they they oftentimes it's not because they got all the details right. they just got a person who confessed to it like so the fact that we don't get all the details kind of makes sense since this is from the perspective of these cops like mm-hmm. they're they don't care as long as the crime is solved, they don't care about all the details of it
0: mhm-, yeah, it seems that way, but yeah. you know also too, it's not like it's not like Paul is the only uh, aggro dude in this town because, like, seriously, the <laughs> population of this town, I feel like it's the entire cast of Sleepaway Camp and they just moved to Utah or something. Oh, really? Everybody, okay. dude, especially every male in this town is aggro as fuck. I mean,
1: <laughs> we've both lived in a small town. It's pretty true.
0: It's true, and I've been yeah. to Utah, and their beers are not strong there. And yeah, that is so that would
1: irritate you. You'd be mad as hell all the time, right? I would be. I would be like I need a
0: goddamn stronger beer so right. I can be happy again.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got the guys in the bar at the beginning that uh dropped that that F bomb, which uh pisses off our, our nice um uh boyfriend here who uh we you know find PJ, out has I think his name is. Yeah PJ yeah, we find out he has a gay brother and like he's just he's just a good guy. Like there's really no the movie doesn't ever cast suspicion on him he's just this good guy yeah um and yeah the the guys at the bar are aggressive they're aggressive with him the cops are aggressive with each other the cops are aggressive uh like to the the news people (laughs) fucking yeah you're right everybody's real aggressive in this fucking town (laughs) Yeah, everybody's hyped up. I didn't catch it, but yeah, you're right.
0: I feel like that's also playing again. There's there's some kind of narrative about men and women dynamics here, where like they point out that like it's always men, and they're always attacking women. Yeah, with these werewolf scenarios. So it seems like they're they are trying to make some kind of statement about how aggressive.
1: Males are and how they, yeah, Yeah. how they
0: direct Mm -hmm. it towards women. Like there's some kind of statement about that. I just don't know what it is, really.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that that there are two killers in in this town and they both kill women is, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's it's a not only an aggressive town, it's a town with two killers, and all of these men seem to be aggressive toward. They seem to hate women when they're talking about marriage. Like they're they're not positive about it. Like yeah, there's there's a lot of misogyny and and, and hatred toward women going on, uh, but then yeah, the the characters like you have uh, yeah Ricky Lindholm's character, you got uh, I think her name's Carol who works at the desk at the the police office. Yeah, they're sweet, like they're super sweet and like not that way. Same with the the you know we don't get much of you know, um, the victims. You see the girlfriend's fine. Like, she's just, they're having a great time. It's just two, uh, a nice, lovely couple having a good time. Ski instructor, she's just a ski instructor. I mean, she's a little aggressive, I'd say, because she does like, (laughs) she does go hard at that, like, 12 year old or whatever, learning to snowboard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, he used to suck more than you, and that's saying something. Or <laughs> exactly. Whatever she says. Right.
1: Like, damn, then, man. This
0: town brings a heat on each other.
1: Right. But then, like, the third lady, she's just, like, super sweet. She's clearly catching that he's a creep. Like, that's why she drops that thing about her husband. Like, she's trying to indicate to him, leave me the fuck alone, but she's too sweet yeah. to do it. Like,
0: yeah, I think. You see I a think, little bit of uh, John's ex wife, Brittany, and, oh, like, oh, yeah, she I think sucks. We're,
1: she sucks. I'm trying to
0: decide, like, are we. <laughs> we're trying to be on on his side about it but then it's like also he's a terrible dad yeah, no so they both maybe suck. he deserves all of it no
1: no 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 like she's terrible they're both terrible and they should never have been together like no. we could have easily done a preview palace on uh, best divorces because this was yeah. a good one they really <laughs> needed that
0: they made the right choice
1: didn't uh-huh. they? <laughs> yeah the, though uh yeah and the daughter you know she's having to deal with A dad who, I guess, is trying to tiptoe the line of, like, you know, he's, like, you know, telling her to not dress uh, so provocatively and to carry her mace with her and stuff. And it's, like, even if she changed those things, it wouldn't have changed the, the fact that this guy in a werewolf costume would have attacked her. Like...
0: Oh, it turns out men is the problem. Men not are the, the fucking preparedness problem. Yeah. of women. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Like the problem here is not anything she's doing. It's that this asshole is killing women.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parents teach your boys not to dress up in werewolf costumes and <laughs> go killing the women. Teach Please them.
1: get that one out there. Please, just like all right. When you grow up, do not create a werewolf costume. And if you do just because maybe you're a furry and that's what you're into don't then proceed to kill women in it
0: yeah don't be doing that
1: yeah Uh, were
0: you disappointed that it wasn't really a werewolf that it was just a guy in a werewolf costume
1: um i don't i wouldn't say i was disappointed no i i like that it like kept us on edge about whether or not this is a world where werewolves exist like it, mm-hmm. I like that it, and that it then subverted that. And it's like, no, no, this, in fact, this movie that you could call a horror movie has really been a thriller this whole time.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's had us doing the same thing that they were just talking about, where it's like in olden times, they would believe it must be a werewolf because a right. man couldn't do something so bad to a woman. And it's exactly. like, no, yeah. no, it's a man. They can, yeah. they can do, they can They're do terrible. stuff that bad. <laughs> yeah, they yeah.
1: can be really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I think it's fine. And and I liked that reveal because it was like, wow, that costume looks great. It looks really good. He did a good job.
0: I did have some problems with it, though, and I thought about it later on where I'm like, okay, so this wasn't a werewolf all along, but he ripped that woman's fucking arm (laughs) off.
1: Yeah, I had to rewatch that because, like, it's it's clearly cut because it's clean and through the bone. But
0: And there's a like, sound effect of like a shing, like the typical, yeah. this is a knife sound effect that doesn't happen in real life, but we know that means a knife is there.
1: But to be uh, able to cut through bone like that, bone. Like, I realize this is a big dude, uh, but man, that would have but to be a super sharp, big, heavy like, blade. Like Yeah,
0: and he's just a big lanky guy. Like, he's, yeah, not like he's not
1: like the just, fucking yeah. mountain
0: from damn uh, Game of Thrones. Like He's right. a big, skinny guy. And uh-huh. I, I would also think, too... Same goes for the lady that got her fucking head cut off or the woman that got her vagina cut out. Like, you can see the difference between an animal attack and something that was cut with a blade. Yes. Like, that's that's not even... Like, I would, I would shovel that into the realm of, like, they're bad cops. They're not looking at the obvious signs. But it's like, I'm not even a fucking forensic expert. And I think <laughs> I could look at a wound and be like, a knife did that versus an animal did that. I think anybody can tell the difference there, right? Yeah,
1: well... <laughs> We are talking about cops, though, <laughs> and their grasp on reality and what is, uh, you know, possible and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... I, I think it is a little far-fetched that cops would be like, yeah, it must be a fucking werewolf. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it is far-fetched. Yeah. But well, they even showed us like whenever far. he
0: he's like cut the the handprint or whatever off of that deer, which is also right. just a weird, a weird detail that it would be a perfect blood soaked handprint on the flank of this deer. Like well, that's no, kinda, like, was, how the fuck did that get there anyway? It was just
1: a square. It was a square cut out like that.
0: That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But earlier it showed us the handprint on the deer. Oh! Whenever she gets out of the car and sees the deer in the middle of the road, you uh-huh. see it is a blood red handprint uh, okay. on this deer's yeah. uh, like, right. hindquarters. I didn't
1: catch that. Yeah. So yeah, he he cut that off as a square. Like I I do wonder if they could have even done anything with that handprint, right? Like, I know, right? Yeah. Like, what are you
0: gonna do? It's it's probably covered in deer blood. It's not his blood, and it's not like there'd be fingerprints on fur, right?
1: I wouldn't think so, but maybe there is some way to, you know. I, I guess it would be out of an abundance of caution. I'm assuming, you know, he the guy the guy seems like uh, a psychopath, in that like he he's very planned and prepared. Like these aren't like these killings aren't just uh, you know random. They aren't just randomly chosen victims at a like specific location where they happen to be able to get him like he's setting this stuff up and he's approaching this lady in the cafe like he is he's prepared so to think like maybe they can't do it now but maybe in the future they could get something from this handprint i'm just gonna take it i'm gonna cut it off
0: but they could tell that that was cut off by a human being they could they looked at that "That exactly so
1: then yeah why would you still think it's a fucking werewolf
0: yeah so it's it's like, there was elements in there where I was like, this is cool that it is showing that it was just a man. And then there was parts where I was like, I heard him howl mm. like a wolf earlier in the movie. Yeah. Well, like, I he mean, howled. It, he made a wolf sound. And it's like, later in the movie, whenever he puts the wolf costume on and John sees him, he gives him like a really shitty human being, rawr, like growl. And it's uh-huh. like, no, that's what a human sounds like doing a wolf. Like... But he sounded like a fucking wolf earlier in the movie. Wait, let's try it. It's
1: pretty good. Is that it? It's Am pretty I convincing.
0: A wolf? Yeah. It's pretty good.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but he had that I,
0: like wolf snarl growl. I know, thing. know, yeah. It's like I, a human didn't make that noise.
1: Right. I don't know, yeah, how uh, like I could I could say maybe you could do something with the costume or something that g- gave the mouth like a, you know uh, more of a resonant tone or something made it louder but yeah the girt or the growls don't sound they don't sound very human they do sound very wolf and yeah
0: and they I, said there were huge bite marks on one of the bodies so like does, how, yeah, did he make a mask that? with working teeth
1: Where yeah did that come from? That? i mean you could yeah i mean you could presumably but the bite pressure would be off i feel like like well it, and the thing is too
0: is like you know if you're preserving any element of realism in this movie which they are clearly trying to right like that would be being powered by like servos and shit that they use in like special effects makeup and right i would have heard G-g-g-g-g-g. like we would have heard the mechanical jaws <laughs> going through these entire things I, that I was mean, not the case
1: this is an unrelated tangent but i do want a steampunk werewolf now that's what Sign I need. I, I need a Sign steampunk werewolf that's got like fucking mechanical jaws and shit, and it's just some dude and a werewolf, steampunk werewolf mech or something. That would be yeah. so cool. Anyway, sure, that's fine. I yeah, yeah there's I,
0: unexplained stuff where it's I like it did seem right, supernatural yeah. in a lot of ways, but then it's like no, it was a man in a suit, and it's like yeah. but wait, he ripped her arm off, and also yeah, he folded do do up that? a full grown cop and put him in a trash can.
1: Well, he didn't. He didn't rip her arm off. There's no way. like, No. There's no way he ripped her arm off. It's cut because it's not at the joint. You can't rip an arm in the middle of the femur, or not femur, fucking uh, radius or something. Yeah. You can't. So it had to be cut. But it doesn't show him carrying a big heavy blade. So it's like implying that the claws that he has on that are enough to cut through an arm and bone cleanly because it's like a clean cut so yeah those things are yeah they're all reasons why uh, I I definitely found this a little bit off the first time I watched it but I think the movie makes up for those kind of unbelievable things and kind of breaking that reality a little bit With all the other stuff, because it is. I mean, we've talked about the horror elements so far, but it's also a movie about alcoholism and like trying to impress your parents and stuff like that, and like has some really emotional scenes and and really does, like, uh, you know, draw you into how painful and terrible all this would be for everyone involved. Which. That's great, I mean that that that's like the human element to the film that I think makes up for some of the quibbles that we have with it that are fucking valid i mean it's it's the werewolf can do stuff or the wolf guy in a werewolf- co- the guy in a werewolf costume is not gonna be able to do those things right yep. yeah yeah yeah. But
0: yeah, you're right. There's other elements of this that, that are extremely well done. And like even like some of the weird editing choices that it makes early on in the movie where it keeps going to this like slow pan to that microwave in his kitchen. Uh-huh. And it'll be like eleven eleven. And then it'll be like eleven twelve. And you're like, what the fuck is the significance of this? Is it because it's showing us what time it is and that there's a full moon and that this is werewolf time? And it's like, no, that's because above that microwave is where he has been hiding beers. And this is where his beast comes out. This is yeah. where his animal inside comes out is late at night when he gets the temptation to drink again. Yeah. And he knows, cause like I, I caught it the second time around where it's like, in, I think in the middle of the day, he's like at one of the crime scenes and he's getting really frustrated and he like closes his eyes for a second and it goes to that microwave. Yeah. Slow zoom in on it. And it's him thinking about like, I need to get home and I need to fucking drink. I know yeah. I have beers in that cabinet above the microwave. I need to fucking drink right now. Yeah. Like that's showing us his inner animal. And that's yeah. really cool and really creepy too. Kinda David Lynchy.
1: Yeah, it does have some twin peaks to it, for sure. I think. Yeah. And and you know, the the alcoholism bits like the the fact that it does those those edits that are jarring like it it's going from yeah he's in a diner and they're you know having a frustrating talk about you know what's going on and again he flashes to that that microwave and it just seems like such a jarring thing but it kind of mimics alcoholism where like it's on his mind constantly. It's kind of like always there in the back of his head like fuck I, I want a drink. I want a drink. And he hasn't had a drink as as he says in the beginning in uh like three years. So he's he's gone through this divorce, etc. And and he's he's still held off of this, but this case is breaking him and breaks him entirely. Like he ends up relapsing and and you know, drinking, uh getting into, you know, car accident smashing into poles on on purpose um his poor daughter having to to deal with him like no child should have to deal with that uh, it, it is it, it's a really good portrayal and really done well with the the filmmaking tricks that are used i i i think that that it, it that alone makes it a movie well worth watching
0: yeah, those elements are done really, really well. And I think the the cinematography in this movie is is fucking gorgeous. It looks like, great. I think mm-hmm. this movie is so awesomely wintry. Uh, it, yes. it looks cold. That's something I like about this movie. It yeah. looks cold up there. yeah. And uh, they got all these really big, wide shots that are sweeping across the landscape. There's some very, very Shining-esque stuff in here. Those aerial shots. At the start of the movie, are right. very shining esque and then even some of the uh, the slow fades between scenes reminded me so much of Kubrick stuff that he did in that movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you knew this because like uh, we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do, and you suggested this, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, uh, it's in the smoking bowl. Uh, our, our our great friend Corrigan from uh, Jack of All Graves podcast has had it in there for a while because she oh, loves nice. this movie. Um, I. I did not know this until rewatching it they're we're doing this the first of the year it ends on New Year's
0: i know I, I wondered if that was part of why you wanted to do the no. movie but because no. i was watching it i was like oh it's christmas oh it's I new year like this you suggested
1: cool. it and i was like fuck yeah let's do it and then watching it i was like how did this and how do we do this sometimes where we just have, have like have some sort of weird psychic connection with movies and we're like we'll Whoops. do that out of nowhere and it just connects with what's going on at the time
0: oops we nailed it <laughs> yeah oops. again yeah some of the editing stuff in this was really strange. Like, there were yeah. some bizarre choices in here that okay. I was confused by, but it never, like, left me in the dust. Like, I was still able to maintain, like, okay, I know where I am in the movie right now, but there'd be scenes where it'd be, like, like after the uh, the ski instructor gets attacked.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah, it's flashing between day and night. Like, the, the yeah. next morning investigation of the, the murder and flashing to the murder itself happening. Yeah, that is interesting. That was cool. Uh-huh,
0: I like And it. even, like, so, some of the, the weird editing choices, like, after he starts really spiraling into his alcoholism... Yeah. ...are there to kind of show just how disorderly Disjointed and how is. jumbled. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, mm-hmm. his his view of reality is, because he's just spiraling into chaos and alcoholism at that point. I thought that was really well done editing. That was just random and weird, but still never got you completely off track of the movie.
1: Yeah, I... I I liked the editing choices a, a lot because it does... Like, this this movie, this movie has good, like, filmmaking tricks in it. Like, and the editing really serves a lot to, as you said, like, show how disjointed things are or to flashback between, you know, murder and investigation or whatever. But also, like, a lot of the camera work. As you said, a lot of great shots. But, like, even in, say... The hospital scene when his daughter is in the hospital, and there's you know this great shot that shows the daughter in the same room as the his father, and then he comes you know he uh, goes and attacks this this poor child (laughs) um, because he's the worst cop and worst dad in the world, but he goes and attacks this poor child and gets maced, and then comes to the hospital to check on his daughter and we're we're watching his chaos and seeing him come in chaotically and out of focus but in frame is the empty bed where his dad was right and then like they're like you know she's like dad And, and like you know the camera goes back to him and then just like sort of pans down to the empty bed and then back to him it's like this realization moment where he's like fuck right my dad's gone what? Yeah. <laughs> like what what happened? Like the filmmaking in that like guides you along so well with the story without having to say what happened.
0: There are some it, cool, like, scary shots in there too. I, I loved whenever John goes back to Paul's door and is like, Hey, sorry, could you just stand up to your full height? And he does that. (laughs) And he just goes slow stand up. Yeah, Yeah. that shot of Uh Paul like halfway behind the door, but then becoming taller than the door. Yeah. Uh huh. Is fucking creepy. And I also love, too, like whenever. Uh, John's daughter got attacked, making out in that car. Mm-hmm. The steamy glass and how yeah. the werewolf like paw and stuff was on that—that oh, that was dude. really well done. That looked cool.
1: It was, yeah. He, I I think like they they really did a great job of integrating horror into this because this could just be considered a thriller, but I think it very much reaches horror level because when you don't know this isn't a werewolf. It looks like Werewolf Attacks. Yeah. Like, it is very much a werewolf movie, even though the werewolf just turns out to be a guy in a suit. So, it's it's a horror. I mean, it plays out like a, a mystery thriller, but it's still a horror film in my mind.
0: I'll tell you, it reminded me of the real horror, which is breaking the glass on an oven door.
1: Oh, God, no. It would be the worst. Have you done it? It,
0: it is the worst, yes. So. Oh. And it totally reminded me, man, because I you never really see that portrayed in movies exactly, right. for Any reasons? Because it's not that common of an occurrence. But no. th- there was a time years and years and years ago in uh, Kate and I's first house, just that little dive that we used to rent. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And like you know, there's the oven with the glass front. There was the handle that attaches the door to it. Yeah. And that handle was held in by, like, a screw on the left and a screw on the right. Right. And at some point, the screw on the right had, like, fell out and probably fallen under the oven or something. And so, sometimes that handle would just hang straight down. Okay. And when that handle hung straight down, it would kind of overlap with the drawer that was under the oven, which is where we kept, like, some pans and stuff, uh-huh. you know? And there was one day, I was in the living room, Kate was in the kitchen, and she was getting something out of that oven drawer and just didn't realize that that handle was hanging down. Oh, So when she pulled shit. that drawer open, it pushed up against the handle, which pushed against the front of that glass oven door. Uh-huh. And cleanly shattered the entire Oof. thing. Like, I was in the living room, and all that I heard was what sounded like a waterfall made of glass. Oof. And then Kate went. I just broke a whole lot of shit. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. dude! I, I don't know if it's just because it's that like super heat treated glass or whatever, but yeah. tempered it glass looks more. like what it does in this movie, where it yeah. just disintegrates mm-hmm. into a million like, teeny tiny yeah. pieces. Dude, mm-hmm. we were we were like sweeping up glass for months after yeah. that, months and months. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I, I've had a tempered glass uh, a pot lid shatter. And they
0: explode.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. I mean, luckily, it's not very likely to cut you. Um, that's kind of its it's thing. It's those big kind of cubes of glass after that. But I found that shit for months after, yeah. Just fucking pieces of glass somewhere in the kitchen. Yeah. Everywhere, dude. Yeah.
0: Fucking everywhere. There's a few things that John did in this that... I thought were strange that yeah. I didn't get an explanation on, like when he sits okay. on the floor and pulls that fucking tooth out of his head.
1: Yeah. I, okay. So I, I do think that that is kind of probably just the result of his, you know, because uh, it shows him falling drunk a few times. Um, he also like intentionally wrecks his car. I, I think that's just supposed to indicate how reckless he's being and whatnot, but the first time I watched it, when I suspected him, I was like, is this some sort of werewolf thing?
0: I know, uh, right? Yeah. But then it shows him, too. He's got, like, that huge pool of blood under his thumbnail, like he slammed his thumb in a door or right. some shit. Right, uh-huh. like, yeah. I guess it's just showing, like, he's really not taking care of himself. No, but yeah, sitting he's... there and pulling a tooth out of your head seems oddly specific.
1: It does, because that, <laughs> that tooth fucking came out, like... <laughs> it, it was root and all. Like, I, I don't know how that would happen so easily unless like there's some health issue or something maybe. But you know, if they were trying to indicate he's in like, you know, deep and alcoholism and his liver is shutting down, he'd also have like yellow skin and, and you know, the yellow eyes and stuff. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that was aimed for.
0: What was going on at the very end of the movie. So after, um, we see his daughter getting dropped off at her dorm. Uh huh. And he says something about I left you some protection in the top drawer. And she like pulls those condoms out. Uh-huh. But then she seems to look kind of like beyond the condoms that are in her hand at what's in the drawer. But we and don't see And then the next it. shot that, we don't see it, but yeah. the next shot is him walking out of the dorm building and he's like buckling his belt. That was his dad's belt. Uh-huh. Did you notice that? What's up with that?
1: He left a gun, I would believe. He okay, so his that, belt that's because, what Kate guessed, too. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: is she was like, oh, well, you know, maybe that was the gun. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess it did show his dad's revolver in the holster, but you can't give away cop guns, dude.
1: <laughs> it's true, but most cops have a personal gun as well. So, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly, but again, I, I appreciate the film for trusting us enough to guess at it and just kind of try to figure it out.
0: Also notice a conspicuous lack of Mormons for this being in Utah. Uh,
1: yeah, that, oh, man, okay. I, alright, so, I would say very much that the, um, the mom who gets killed, very Mormon. She came off as very Mormon. Other than that, uh, no, I mean, the funerals, for some reason, all have a Catholic priest that's not gonna be the case in a mountain town in utah they're five five percent of the people in utah are catholic 55 percent are mormon (laughs) so (laughs) the likelihood is you'd definitely be dealing with some mormons now they do a good job like they do like nod to some of this like um the you know uh, the sheriff says he you know he would have them pray if it wasn't for the goddamn lawyers or whatever they have some yeah. nods toward that but also all of them cuss which isn't very Mormon but I know in like largely Mormon communities there are a ton of you know kind of lapsed Mormons um they're all
0: cussing Mormons they're known yeah,
1: as but like one real small little detail nod that would really only stand out to Mormons I think is that uh Detective Robson, Ricky Lindholm, it shows her in her home and she's wearing a UVSC sweater. UVSC is Utah Valley State College. And it's kind of the place a lot of Mormons go when they don't want to go to BYU. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so oh. there's a little nod there to like maybe she was Mormon or maybe even is Mormon, but she didn't she's not that type of Mormon. Like she doesn't care mm. that much about it. Um, but yeah they do show them they show a Catholic priest and that, I think this it's just fucking Hollywood shorthand it, it is like because Catholics don't make up the majority of America but they make up the majority of religious people in movies because a Catholic priest is recognizable as a priest a, right, bas- yeah. a Baptist preacher or a Mormon bishop or whatever is just going to be wearing a suit
0: yeah some guy in a polo shirt you right. Know, it's like, whatever. Yeah,
1: that's true about Southern Baptists for sure. It might be just some guy in t shirt and jeans. But that doesn't work for shorthand movie for religion. Language, right. Yeah. So in movie land, everybody's either Catholic or Jewish because those are recognizable. Like, oh, that guy's wearing a yarmulke. Jewish. Got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I thought that the the tone and vibe of this movie were were really good and really consistent except for I think it could have done without him having those like kind of ghost visions where he was kind of like seeing the the victims in the background of some of the scenes yeah just in that one spot of the movie it's just Mm -hmm. like he sees the girl in the bathing suit he sees uh, one of the other women kind of in these ghostly like help find my body and defeat my killer like right that seemed kind of out of place to me for the movie. I know that it's just showing us that he is constantly thinking about these cases, but that was the only thing tonally that I thought seemed kind of weird in this to me.
1: Hmm. Okay. I, yeah, I think that like, I mean, it would make sense if he was still like in the throes of alcoholism, but in those scenes, he's like, he's back in AA and stuff. So it's not like we can just be like, oh, like his his mind is showing him that like he's he's been in such an alcoholic super or whatever he's having hallucinations, but that's not happening at this point. Like he's he's now in AA and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it doesn't bother me, but it does like introduce some elements suddenly that it like didn't it's have before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I don't have but, a but I like there.
0: the vibe of the movie a lot like yeah, me too. It, it's a unique thing to me where again yeah. it's not quite Cohen brothersy it's not But it quite, tries a little
1: yeah <laughs> it does and yeah. it's not
0: full- on David Fincher crime thrillery no.
1: either tries a little bit of that too it, it even kind of they watching it actually made me want to re-watch true detective so like some of the imagery oh, reminded so me of good. true detective
0: yeah I can yeah. see that I can mm-hmm. totally see that yeah. Man, True Detective's fucking awesome. Yes, Damn. it is. What a great Damn. show. Well,
1: Damn. what a great season of television. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> second fair. season, eh. Third season, I hear, is great. I have to check it out.
0: I've heard that same thing, yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, the movie, you know, it, it was kind of hard for me to... It's kind of hard for me to get on Jim Cummings' side because he is just such a fucking stress fest of a human. Like, he is <laughs> uh, yeah. one second away from exploding the entire time. And, and I'll yeah. say, too, like watching this movie and then watching the beta test you watched the beta test didn't you no
1: i know it's oh it's, you haven't no i know it's his film though i mean he directed wrote it and started in it again
0: yeah, yeah yeah and it it makes me kind of wonder if he's a little bit of a one-dimensional actor because in that movie he is also very much the same like I look put together and handsome on the outside, but boy, I am crumbling on the interior, and I'm two seconds away from flipping the fuck out at all times, and I yell and scream a lot. Like, he kind of <laughs> does the same thing in both movies, so... Well, I'm, he's
1: doing it well, though. But he does it really good. Yeah, that's does. the thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah.
0: That's kind of what I'm at odds with, again, yeah. where I'm like, he really is doing a one-note sort of thing, but man, he does it really fucking yeah. well
1: well he's going with his strengths but i mean you know he's also in in uh, halloween kills in that opening like flashback to 78 and he's oh, he's not yeah. he's not that character he's playing that's much true. more like grounded he's the one keeping the other cop from freaking out type of character
0: i forgot uh, about that yeah, yeah. Right.
1: but yeah when he writes for himself it seems yeah <laughs> that's the character he knows how to play the best and maybe you know a lot of like uh, truth and fiction there, where it's just like I'm just a stressed out dude.
0: <laughs> if that's the case, I worry about the guy, man. Yeah, okay.
1: Like, make sure you keep your heart healthy, bro. <laughs> for real, like if
0: there's anything you know of his character in both of these movies, I'm I'm like, dude, start doing some meditation, drink your coconut water, just. <laughs> Keep that blood pressure down, dude. Eat a eat a sweet potato and cut salt down. I don't know, do something for yourself, bro. You're about to explode if that's for the sure. case.
1: Yeah. But yeah, you're uh, as you said, he does it so good that I mean, I get it. I, I would like um I I mean, I I need to see the beta test. Definitely enjoyed this movie and would watch anything else he he makes because I think He has a a clear, like, vision and, like, an idea and, like, a trust for the audience in his writing and directing, so I like all those things.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Even if he is screaming Patrick Bateman in
1: all of his movies. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He's like Patrick Bateman with less emotional control, I guess. (laughs) That is essentially him. Got it. Okay, cool. You like beta test? You should watch that movie. Yeah, yeah I it's definitely fucking wild and has kind it of a similar tone. Now that I think about it, where that movie has some incredibly darkly funny stuff, but is mainly like a psychological fucking stress fest. Uh huh. Okay. There's a lot of connective tissue. I feel like between these two movies.
1: Okay, cool. I'll check it out.
0: I have problems with it, but I love this movie. Yeah, like, me too. I, I really I enjoy it a lot. I mean, I sat here and, and definitely I think named off more criticisms than, than positives just now. And that makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it, but I really did. Like there's some movies that we watched on the show where I'll sit down and watch it and be like, ah, that didn't make sense. That didn't make, that didn't make sense. And then the next day I'll be like, I need to just maybe watch that again. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to watch this fucking movie again. Uh Like I just watched it last night and I watched it again this morning, less than 12 hours later. And I was fine to restart it again. I was like, okay, cool. Let's watch this movie again. This is a cool flick. Um, I just needed to understand it better, and there are still things in here I don't understand that I don't think really make it a, a ton of sense if you think about them for a while. Right. But you know, even after having watched it twice in twelve hours, yeah, I'd, I'd fucking watch this again. Sure, it's good. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if we're gonna slap a rating on it, put a little number on it, that's where it comes a little difficult for me because. Right. I think it's it's so well done and I I enjoy it so much that I want to give it a very high rating but I also think there are enough quibbles with the actual like story of it that it's like well it's not it's I wouldn't call this perfect (laughs) like and and it's 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 probably not probably not as close to perfect as as I want it to be for for how much enjoyment I get out of it but uh, I think it's very enjoyable I think it's very well acted very well directed um, definitely definitely could use maybe a little touching up on uh, the writing to just make sure that like everything is feasible everything fits mm-hmm. the because yes. like you know when it's when you think it's a vampire or a vampire or a werewolf all of that stuff is feasible but the moment that you it becomes a man in a werewolf costume it's like okay now I'm rethinking stuff um, but those things aren't so gigantic that it would draw me completely away from the movie so i don't know for me it's probably like a seven around there yeah i dig that and it's also like
0: i think the more that i sit here and talk about it the more i'm like this isn't literally a movie about how a man dressed up like a werewolf and got away with it this movie is about the the monsters within us all specifically right. men mm-hmm. and our our problems that come out late at night exactly due to our our lifestyles and expectations and so on i think that that's more what the movie is about so yes. i'll i'll grant it some forgiveness when it comes to me being like he couldn't have ripped our arm off although uh-huh, again right. I, I still feel like holding that against it a little bit but <laughs> yeah. i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go like six and a half like i, I okay. enjoy this flick i think Fair. it's cool it's a unique vibe and also too like An hour 19, you're already in the credits. It's short.
1: Yeah. And I love that. And obviously, we've talked about it in the past like more fucking 70 to 80 something minute horror movies. Because you, you know, you cut out the moments where people could get bored. And if you keep a nice, intense, like, pace like this does, people are going to be invested the whole way, even if, you know, they don't fully love the resolution or whatever they're still going to be invested in like the movie
0: totally man yeah and this passes that test for sure just by being a nice succinct little package so i dug it i hope that you guys enjoy it too yeah. also the soundtrack was really cool i like the soundtrack was. Yeah, a lot it's
1: cool and it's interesting it like, like the way they use like some sort of like like almost like circusy music like clownish music in moments when it's showing the police really not knowing what they're doing, but trying to investigate this anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then some other like really dark, like synth pad kind of stuff. that reminded me of like the hitcher a little bit. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Definite heavy vibes there. So yeah. Cool flick, man. Cool flick. I hope you guys enjoy this one too. Let us know about it on our various social medias, which you can find on our Linktree page. Follow us on Instagram, join the uh, Facebook group and hang out with us and chat. Uh, we've got Twitter. We do a Discord. Like we got all all the stuff that you need. Just find us there on our Linktree page, and that's also where you'll find our Patreon page, where you can help support
1: right. the show. Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Go check those out. Uh, and if you become a patron on five dollar level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl. Then we draw from Woo. the Smoking Bowl once a month, and we cover that we did movie that last week. We did it last week with Adam's Family Values. Thank you, uh, Ian. Arkwright, I believe. Um, ark, ark, arkwright? I can't remember. Ian, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, absolutely love doing those. So please, head on over to Patreon.
0: Yeah, support the show. Give your boys some love and enjoy those uh, extra bonus episodes and stuff that are up there, too. And be sure to tune into the show next week. Why, uh-huh. next week on the show, it's going to be a Friday, a 13th, is it not? <coughs> <coughs> my, 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 my.
1: Oh my god. I, 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 I'm in gonna this case, go the, to Manhattan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say in this case the Ma
1: Ma Ma Mama
0: stands for Ma Ma Manhattan my, Manhattan. <laughs>
1: which is Toronto. Um yeah, yeah, which is actually Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do Jason Takes Manhattan. It's Friday the thirteenth next week. Fuck yes. I'm
0: excited. I think this is the second time I've ever watched this movie.
1: Oh dude, let me tell you, uh I, I did rewatch it. Um just to get a little bit ahead for preparation, and um it's still is uh, like incomprehensible like it's <laughs> it's really a boat a movie about Jason on a boat, and then he ends up in a city for a brief minute
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna have a good chin wag about it there next week, so be sure to tune in then and uh, in the meanwhile, I hope that uh this new year is treating you guys well hopefully you're having a good time and uh yeah uh, yeah, uh,
1: right, yeah, uh, right. yeah
0: i hit zombie <laughs> zombie brain mode there for a second i think
1: <laughs> and, oh, i thought uh, you were trying to get brains. sexy yeah, mm, yeah. enjoy your new year
0: <laughs> if i ever put my ear to your door and i just hear a bunch of oh i'll be like nope sexy time go. yes yeah,
1: steven steven makes zombie noises during sex <laughs> Eating
0: brains or ass. Yeah,
1: one of the two. Oh, one of the two. Ass.
0: All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been it's Steve. We've been dead and lovely. Bye. Bye. You know, I remember. It seemed like a whole lot of people there were saying it's like, Oh, now that Elon Musk bought Twitter, it can be funny again. Twitter's gonna be funny again. He brought comedy back to Twitter, but I don't know about you, but I haven't found myself laughing at Twitter more. Is it because I don't think the N word is very funny?
1: <laughs> um, I mean I think it I would say Twitter is funnier in some ways now. Because most of the, pe- like, good, funny people on there have realized, oh, it's falling apart. Let's, like, really make fun of that and make fun of Elon and just really, like, lay into the idiot who ruined a good platform.
0: So right, that's that is where it's that's getting funny. funny. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking
0: dick. Oh, yeah, there you go. He did make it funny again.
1: Way to go, Elon, <laughs> you fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs>